0: of sweat and the tears with no fear, just the love and respect and forget the career thing they came in, they went but you're only the legends, they never forget this and I fit my dues till I'm born in the dead, I'm the first in the building, the last one to step, no surrender, no failure, retreat and regret and they told me no come unless you come and correct this is it, so we get it lit lift the script, made them get with this thought I'd never get up in the mix, say it's got a silly lips, innocent, only innocence. I was in the trench, in the pitch, limitless, now I'm militant we the impetus, no equivalent. in the fire, I'm a survivor, no assembly required, put the pressure on like some Till everyone sees a desire Adrenaline rush, pretend this is running Hunger is everything and we're just nothing Listen no gimmick a limits of budget We coming into discussion We go it all out Living
1: like we got nothing to lose We go all out
0: That slate plans drawn out, got the four locked like it's fallout While I here shutting down all doubts and my life is on the line I know your rise is on your mind I'm a survivor that's on the crime. So try all you might, man, I'm going to shine. Go and take a breather when I see you know it's going to be either. Now in the the don't so they want to feature. I'm used to dealing with kids that don't follow procedures. Seriously, I was a teacher. Follow the leader. Don't put the crowd in a sleeper. You turn the viewers the X-Fans while we only expand and make the doubters believers. relievers. Can't hit what you can't see. Won't win if you can't believe. It's a guarantee when you plant seeds. No need for a plan B. Maximum effort and no excuse. Because nobody care what you're going through. Work hard till they notice you. Every day till they know the truth I'm in it to win it and I know you know that so I gotta get it and I never hold back make my own way at it you need a roadmap I came so far now I can't go back we going all out living like we got
1: nothing
2: What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, you can tell that I am come bearing gifts because I have a podcast episode for all five weekdays. Three of them have been brand new episodes. Two of them have been classics. This, of course, is the other classic that is coming out where I am showing our classic review of AEW All Out 2020 that I did with my good friend Elvis Delinsky, who was the AEW correspondent at the time that this pay-per-view came out. And obviously I'm putting this out in honor of all All Out 2023 taking place this Sunday and of course on Monday on Labor Day there will be a recap of AEW All Out 2023. At the time that I'm sitting here recording this intro I don't know if I'll have somebody with me or not but whether somebody decides to record with me or if I decide to do the bitch by myself either way you guys are going to hear the recap of this upcoming All Out but in the meantime in between time I thought we'd take a stroll down memory lane and check out All Out 2020 which this This particular review was a surprise for me because during this time that we were recapping AEW, Elvis Delinsky was a huge AEW fan. He waved the flag proudly for AEW. In his mind, for that first year, AEW could do no wrong in his eyes. But this particular pay-per-view was so god-fucking-awful that even Elvis Delinsky, the biggest AEW fan, couldn't help but admit... That it was awful. Now, obviously, we're gonna go into the detail of why this was awful, because Jesus Christ, there was a lot of fuckery in this show. And rather than sit here and drone on and on about how god fucking awful this pay-per-view was, I'd rather let you hear me and Elvis go into detail about it. So without any further ado, let's get started with the recap of AEW All Out. And of course, once again joining me here on the Boochcast, the A. correspondent Elvis Delinsky is back and dude this is one hell of a pay-per-view that we saw
3: oh boy this was uh all right so we're just gonna unfold it um this this pay-per-view was a fucking roller coaster, a fucking roller coaster of emotions it was high it was low and boy oh boy the low spots were low and the high spots were fucking high so um let's unwrap this shit turd real quick and talk about uh the buy-in for AEW on all out
2: yes well the first official match of the buy-in was uh Joey Janela versus Versus Serpentico. Uh, we were not able to see this match because we have high standards.
3: No, 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 no. We didn't know that there was the buy-in was going to be on so early. Uh, we missed uh, the Janela with Sunny Kiss versus Serpentico. And Serpentico is a good um, wrestler. Um, I like him. Um, don't really care for Luther too much. Um, he's just fucking weird. I don't, I don't get his gimmick. I don't know what it is. He's supposed to be this deranged maniac. Uh, Serpentico is on the is very good. But um, yeah, we missed it because I, I truly didn't know the buy-in was going to be on so early. And when I finally put it on, we actually caught like. Um, right before uh private party came on there so i guess in the in the the beginning match Joey Janela won um which kind of took me by surprise cuz he got decimated by Jericho just a couple days prior but um nonetheless um i can't say i cannot say anything about it because i didn't watch it
2: yeah and um like i said i i wouldn't have wanted to watch it anyway because uh, i try to watch good wrestling more often but then of course we got to the next we had we, we did catch up this buying match we had we saw private party taking on Alex Reynolds and John Silver 3
3: and 4 of the Dark Order. Uh, 3 and 4 um, I am loving uh, Long John Silver. I want to call him that because he's my favorite mm-hmm. from the Dark Order. Uh, if you've been watching Being the Elite, he's been the shining gem <laughs> on Being the Elite. He is so fantastic. He's like this silly fucking kid. Um, and I gotta say, in this match Private Party's... I mean, I know from when he, when they first started, they were kind of green and they're trying to get himself on there. Their finishing move, the Gin and Juice is pretty cool. Uh, they have some really good spots, but I would have to say that uh, Private Party was really really fucking sloppy in this match they botched a bit i mean not just a bit they they botched a lot so uh when it comes to standards of seeing them on tv they were just they were just their chemistry was off it just seems like they couldn't get anything to fluidly go correct and every time they fuck up of course three and four they capitalize and made it more fluid but whenever they took the offense um for some reason then obviously three and four were taking the heat um they just private party just was not on par tonight for some reason this pay-per-view uh based on this right here this is kind of going to be an example for the rest of the night unfortunately now again there's some high spots on here but i don't know um just seems like um private party just did not bring it or they just fucked up or they drank too much maybe they had some of that mimosa that uh, jericho yeah. was stirring up or something yeah. but it just wasn't there and i'm sorry uh to start off a show i guess it was a pre-show so it really fucking matter it didn't. um but don't worry folks we're gonna get to a stinker here in a second coming up um now we did see private party win um on this one they did deliver the gin and juice and it was regardless it, they hit their finisher but again that looks sloppy in the making too so yeah. um it was really a bad way to start the show
2: and it's weird because private party for the most part has really good matches so this was. This is even though we they, they were sloppy. This is like we're not really hating on them. It's just a bad night. Uh, do you think maybe it might have been rushed because of time restraints? Maybe they were maybe they were trying to stick to their time. They wanted to get their shit in, and that's why it got sloppy.
3: I don't know what happened on how they were so not in sync with each other. I don't know what brought them upon themselves, but um, that was definitely something missing. It just seems like they couldn't get their gears to be in you know like, kind of fluid when it comes to it. So maybe it was nerves uh, because it was a paper you may was something but it just seems like maybe they didn't communicate with each other well or maybe they didn't practice before their spots or something to kind of communicate better but um, I mean 3 or 4 I mean they really brought their game and tried to make this match to save it I think that's why I'm giving it such a higher ranking than it's supposed to but Private yeah. Party in my eyes should have done a lot better they should have been more fluid they should have communicated better and I think that um this is something for them to look at the tape and say okay we can't have this again because um to have a pre-show you gotta do better you have exactly. to do better and you're the one who are setting the, the, the pay for the rest of their pay-per-view um, but at the same time I don't know I can't really um, relate on why they did what they did or what happened but they need to tighten up their shit because that's your pay-per-view people spend hard-earned money to watch this and that was not what I expected out of it so exactly
2: now regardless now taking the private party's sloppiness to the side just looking at this from a pure booking standpoint do you feel that private party deserved this win or do you think the Dark Order should have took it?
3: I think the Dark Order should have won it for sure just because of the way they handled themselves in a the ring I think they should have made that call halfway through the match seeing the way the private party now don't get me wrong they're a fun energetic tag team yeah but i think halfway through the match they should have switched it around because dark order definitely deserved it only because of their professionalism the way they capitalize and fix um errors in the match to make the match more fluid where private party were i'm not sure it was autopilot mode or whatever it was but they weren't click and i think they should i think they should have changed the um i think they should change the narrative halfway through the match but i mean again that's that's a loss from their end um that's a big down from my end just for this, um, that one match I watched so far well
2: yeah well I'm just saying like taking that all that like I said the sloppiness of the match aside I feel that Dark Order should have won not just because of what happened in the ring but the fact that you know with Brody Lee becoming the TNT champion right. and being as dominant as he's been it, this is like the opportunity for the Dark Order to like really yeah. get over as a faction and I feel like as great as Brody Lee is in the ring and as much as he's carrying himself to be a leader your followers should be getting just as many wins as you are I feel like that would make the Dark Order as a collective, more badass. They don't necessarily have to be tag team champions yet, but having like the Dark Order get a win here, and then Brody getting a win over here, and then the Dark Order doing all that, that would help build the momentum of the entire faction because now Brody's on top, his buddies are winning too, and now it makes the whole cult look good.
3: Well, I think when we start getting to the match later, so we're going to have that four-way, um, a-way match later on. Then we'll talk more on that later on. Um, I think the narrative after that, it, they, we might be seeing that here next couple weeks because I told you on a live uh, if you listened to us just previously on the things, we're gonna see a lot of changes in AEW when it comes to tag teams, when it comes to faction, and I do believe that we're gonna start seeing some changes in the Dark Order as well too. So um, if you thought they were pretty, you know, strict and being an asshole from before, we're gonna to see some changes here and some more discipline and more tighten up because, um, yeah, this, this, I mean, you're right. As a collective, they should be getting more wins, and I think we might be seeing that soon. They better, they better pull the trigger because there's like there's teams that are not getting the best. If you're getting paid all that money. To do stuff, you should be presenting yourself better. So I think after this pay per view, I think uh, Tony Khan has to really reevaluate his roster and see what's working and what's not, and put some discipline into these people because there's no way that they off that match it was a sl- it was sloppy, and I don't I don't appreciate that. You know, yeah. um, Tony should know better. And I mean, given the hindsight now, now he wouldn't know at the time. He put it on paper everything looked good because on paper three and four versus the Private Party is going to be a great match. But after evaluating, going through every match one by one, you have to reevaluate and say okay well this is what we have to do and you know since you guys messed up so much you guys have to like take some losses in the meantime and it's your punishment and the thing is yeah. they have to sit there and you gotta eat it private party's a good team but at the same time they could have done better but they didn't and tony Khan needs to reevaluate the whole roster so from this match going forward actually from the first one but unless it's the first one we watch they need to reevaluate the, the talents and give them some tough love and say hey man this is yeah. the way it's working we just we just put in a whole bunch of money for production to get this team or uh, this whole pay-per-view out and this is what you guys are giving me Fuck this. No, you guys need to fucking do better. Thank you. And that's something that
2: I really believe Tony Khan needs to do. And uh, at the risk of sounding like an asshole, but I'm just saying this because, it, like we're doing, we're talking about the tough love thing. I feel like there are times where Tony Khan is, and I hate to use this term, but I'm saying it for a lack of a better term. Sometimes I think he behaves more like a mark and less like a boss sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he needs to stop being a fanboy of his own, stop getting high on his own supply, and he needs to drop the hammer at some point and be like, look, I want to make. Money with this company. I want. I want to bring back wrestling. I want to bring back something new and unique. I want to get the fans something that they've seen before. But at the same time, I want a goddamn profit. And when people like this are being sloppy and dropping the ball, and you're not doing anything because you want to let the inmates run the asylum, it's not going to work for you in the long run. Tony Khan has to be a businessman now and be like, look, there's some people who are cutting it and there's people who aren't cutting it and they need to straighten up or I need to get rid of them. Even if I don't care how well you've known Matt and Nick Jackson, I don't care how many matches you guys have had up and down the indies. This ain't the indies anymore. Y'all got to stop. Sep- y'all got to separate yourselves from the indie, from the independence, and understand you are now a televised wrestling company and whether you like it or not, you need to act like it. And Tony Khan, I'm not trying to say anything bad about him, but I feel like a lot of times he's stepping back too much he's letting them play too much and it's starting to show now he's got to be more like a businessman and start dropping the hammer.
3: And, uh, the thing is I mean I guess from his own I guess from his account I guess in the in defense of Tony Khan he's been riding his wave of success where things were going good so for the longest time it was good Um, you know good ratings good stuff going on so I think for the longest time he never really had to really step into that role because everything was fluid I mean don't get me wrong there was some spots that weren't so great but at the same time um, he never had to really deal with that and I think um, this pay-per-view once we go through the whole thing we're gonna start noticing some patterns here of people who are being inefficient in their in their jobs and inefficient in their safety um inefficient in a lot of different aspects of wrestling where a lot of things could have been capitalized and tightened up and now he's got plenty of proof because there's a lot of tape to show hey we wrote his way of success um this you know a pay-per-view like this can make or break a company sometimes so um now he's got all the ammunition he needs to tighten up his fucking shop and get it done correctly yeah and on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going
2: to move on now to the first official match of All Out. Pre-show is done. We get to the first official match in a tooth and nail
3: match. Big Swole versus Dr. Britt Baker. Yeah, this match was fucking garbage. Um, it was <laughs> oh, fucking garbage. Um, it was a cinematic... Um, you know, was, match, yeah. it was a cinematic match, you know, uh big swole comes out of her car, goes into the dentist thing, whatever, um, uh, was there pretending to type, whatever she gets hit in the head. It was so stupid. It was so dumb. Um, it was like, you recorded this you watched it and you guys approved for this to be left out so if people didn't watch the pre-match this is the first thing they saw if you had a person who never watched wrestling and saw this everybody would have fucking hated it like this is like the stupidest thing i have ever seen it made no sense i mean i'm I'm not sure if you're trying to go for some kind of horror dentist thing whatever and by the way how many diplomas does fucking brit baker have because i think people got either hit by that diploma like three or four times but three separate ones yeah um so it made no damn sense this improved nothing this did nothing for swole even though she did defeat on Britt baker because she gassed her out and this is my my qualm about it so they hit the the uh swole put the gas on baker which you know she got the three counter or whatever last person standing, whatever but the thing is Britt baker woke up within 30 seconds which i've had teeth taken out when you get that gas in there you're gone for a while oh yeah so what kind of gas is this where you're out for a couple seconds no i know it's wrestling it's not supposed to be this was so piss poorly done. I literally went back in my turtle show. I was so embarrassed that I'm a a correspondent for the show. on this Match. It it was the worst thing since Bray Wyatt's fucking hammer shot. It was even worse than that. It was the worst thing. It was even worse than when like Big Show and Big Boss Man with the funeral thing, when they're carrying a casket, it was worse than that. It was the worst thing of wrestling I have ever fucking seen. Rebel was thrown through what? A trash can and she had a fucking uh, banana? banana, She you know, oh, with a banana peel on, on her, her head. fucking head why like I mean it wasn't funny served no purpose Brett Baker was supposed to come back cause she was on a shelf for a long time looked weak as fuck because she kept running away and how did they stop her from running away they put Novocaine in her fucking leg
2: and then they did the same thing with the big swole like with her arm and they're like moving like they're numb it was like some kind of dirty dancing shit like, and what? it was so fake I, and that's the worst thing you can say about a wrestling match it
3: was so fake it was, and the thing is like what's a tooth and nail like you guys were to fight each other tooth and nail you guys did nothing Like, the boxes. I I was like, no, don't hit the boxes. Don't hit the boxes. Boom. (laughs) They ran into the boxes. I'm like, what the fuck was this?
2: And we had to do that just to entertain ourselves. Like, no, not the boxes. We're being funny. And and this is the thing. Look, what really bothered me was the fact that, you know, okay, look, at this point, the match is already a joke. But what I would have liked to see is if you're going to turn Britt Baker into a maniacal dentist or something, like she's a heel dentist and she's got a drill. At the very least, and, I, and this would make sense because the elite does movie and TV references every other day. If you don't watch in the Elite, you're literally going to hear Cody Rhodes about 100,000 times surrounded by everybody going, so then I said nice ski mask. <laughs> so they copy the fucking cable guy every day. You're telling me at no point Britt Baker could take that drill and say, is it safe? One of the most classic movie quotes of all time from a horror movie dentist. You had a golden opportunity You fucked that up. First of all, the when they got hit with the Cane, we could tell it was a cane It looked so horrible and here's another thing i couldn't understand i had to ask elvis this because i think when we were watching it it was like on a streaming thing mm-hmm. was it this was, was it the camera quality of the streaming site or was it the camera quality of the match it looked like it was done on a home movie camera that your mom and dad had in like this eight in like the 90s exactly 80s, 90s. It was like
3: a vhs fucking thing by the there. bell camera it was fucking garbage and not only that though like another dentist reference they could have used because i'm your dentist like little <laughs> shop of horrors you, know, you could have done the Steve Martin thing, and you guys missed out yes. on that. Are you fucking joking me? But no, but this thing is like again. This started off your pay per view.
2: This was it. this was
3: the first wasted act. money, wasted fucking time. I could never have in a match went on way longer than supposed to. It was fucking garbage. It like disgrace. I I'm not sure how you can hang your head on that and say that was done. I'm not sure how you can sit there, turn that tape in, and say that was fucking good. Like how the fuck did Tony Khan look at that tape and say, okay, we can put that for our big. I wouldn't even put on a pre-match. That's something I would have put on YouTube, buried somewhere. Or you know what? Don't do it. I fucking if you can't do it right, why do it? That was the stupidest, the dumbest. That was that was, it was sad. It was sad because the thing is. I'm a correspondent, and I take my EW seriously. And the fact that we just sit there and sit through that bullshit, I couldn't believe my eyes. I was like, you know what? This was fucking garbage. It served no purpose. Uh, Big Swole won, but to what effect? Fantastic. You got to win on your win-loss record. That's it. But I same apologize. time, I'm like, but Swole's still up there. Okay, that's great. I mean, Britt Baker's still on the, on the rankings, even though she hasn't fucking been on TV other than fucking, like, you know, being in a wheelchair and being a little bitch the whole time. So yes. So you, you, you performed nothing. This whole angle for the past. Couple months, if this is supposed to be a blow off. Why, like, what? Why, like, what? It didn't serve any purpose for Swole, nothing for Britt Baker. You know what? fuck That match, like, that is that is as so far. They set the bar for having the worst segment ever. And don't worry, more folks, there's gonna be a lot to come, I'm pretty sure. But that mm. was the worst segment ever. Uh, fuck Britt Baker for making me go through that. Fuck Big Swole for making me go through that, too. Yeah, you guys were supposed to be way better than this, and you guys like look like legit tough guys on camera, but you guys were fucking garbage in that segment. So so really fuck you to both of you guys because you yeah. guys wasted my goddamn time on that fucking match.
2: And a double fuck you to Big Swole because I actually defended you against other wrestling analysts and minds when they were saying you were greener than baby shit. And I literally was defending you saying, yeah, you need work but you got a lot of potential. And then you showed me why I look stupid.
3: And safety with me with Britt Baker. I've been saying the same thing too. And you know, I was like a big advocate for her and then watching this garbage, like you guys don't exist to me. You guys are nothing to me. Unless you guys can prove with like it's gonna take weeks of weeks of weeks of reparations to get back to where you're supposed to be because you guys are fucking garbage I can't believe you guys put your name on that fucking thing like I'm not sure who wrote it because you guys are supposed to be responsible for your own direction and you guys decided to fucking make this happen a tooth and nail you guys spend more time in a fucking graphic of a nail instead of a tooth than this fucking match
2: yes and exactly you get more creative freedom so it's your fault you can't put it on Tony I love to see him try it, but it ain't gonna happen and on that note we move on to the next match of the evening which ironically I thought was gonna be the disappointment. I was, I was looking forward to this disappointing me. And I'm about to tell you why I was shocked in a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, we had Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks.
3: Alright, so, um, man I You know, I had to sit there and, um I remember after that match I had to take a shot I mean, I was gonna take a shot anyway, but I had to sit there and literally Take a shot and get that nasty taste out of my mouth But my god, this thing impressed for a match That wasn't even supposed to be on a pay-per-view That which that made no damn sense To be on a pay-per-view, this thing was fucking awesome Um, you know, obviously the Bucks Came out there, I didn't think they are gonna come out there and pose Cause I, I, um, actually just a couple days ago They went out there and I told you there was gonna be a change Within the Young Bucks, and boy did it come full throttle In this match, did it not?
2: Yes I'm not gonna lie if you guys listen to part two of this episode of the Cast, you know that I was not happy that this match was gonna happen. I called this my bathroom break. I said if at any point we go outside to have a cigarette, this is the match I want to do I want to do it during. Elvis talks me out of it. Tells me, we're going to see a different side of the Young Bucks in this match. We are going to see possibly a heelish version of the Bucks. A more aggressive side of the Bucks. A version of them that doesn't involve them being goddamn spot monkeys. And what happened? Fuck if we didn't get an aggressive badass Bucks. He, Elvis, thank you. you I would have missed this match. But goddamn, I'm about to do something I never thought I would do. Praise the Bucks. Oh my god. T- Matt Nick Jackson, if you are listening to this show, I've been following Being the Elite. I have a love hate relationship with it, but I'm gonna tell you right now: you show me more of this, show me more of this yeah. every week. Yeah, every I want more of that. Every week. Yes, yes, I want more. And yes,
3: more. yeah, I like that. Yes, I want to see more of that. <laughs> yeah,
2: see more of that. Yes, you give me more of this, and I will start calling you the best tag team in the world, cause that wow. is what I want to see.
3: high praise you
2: did there was no spot monkey shit there was no phony shit everything you did had believability and authenticity it made sense when you actually did do a high spot it was choreographed i don't know if you're finally listening to the mentors in the back i don't know if guys like tully and the rock and roll express are finally beat it into your heads maybe you needed some chair shots to the cranium to change your mind i don't know what it was but learning how to work. Finally. Jesus. You stop the smoke and mirrors and you're being wrestlers for the first time in your life. I watched a match with the Bucks and didn't feel like I was at Cirque du Soleil. I didn't think that was possible. Like, listen. I know I'm saying a lot of mean things right now. But I'm saying them because I expected that and got the exact opposite. They were aggressive. They were violent. They were timing. They had psychology. I didn't think y'all studied psychology. Like, fuck. This was. I'm going to tell you right now. And I know everybody wants to brag, especially when I was watching Being the Elite. Like, this will probably be the best match of my career against Nick Jackson. What about this match? Okay, the second best match. Oh, what about this? The third match. What about this? I'm going to tell you right now. Best match I've ever seen them have was this. You want to ask me my favorite Young Bucks match of all time? Them against Jurassic Express, the 2020 All Out. Because you showed you can work like real wrestlers and not do the circus shit. You proved me wrong. I didn't think you could. I'm man enough to admit when I'm wrong, and they proved me wrong. All I ask in return is you show me more of this. Don't go back to the spot monkey shit. And if it means you have to be heels, I hope you're heels till the day you retire. Wow.
3: So, uh... We just triggered fucking Vinnie again. Yes. Um, it's <laughs> a good a, way. A it, good a, way. It, it took two weeks, but um, I gotta say, I told you guys to change the shift. What's gonna be into the Young Bucks, and certainly we saw. It. But it wasn't just the Young Bucks working the heelish tactics, but the near falls of Jurassic Express. I mean, the hot tags between Jungle Boy Jack Perry and also from Luchasaurus. I mean, Luchasaurus has some fantastic spots. Yeah. I mean, there was so many close calls in this match. You really could have thought it would have gone any any way you wanted to. But the thing is, the Young Bucks is offense was not just high spots it was methodical it was it beautifully worked out I mean there was a lot of shenanigans I and mean, I remember I think Matt Jackson fucked around with a uh, Michael Stunt in the back kicking his fucking crutch off from him whatever <laughs> yes. so it's like you know beautiful. so it's like we got to see a whole new side to Young Bucks which Mr. Vinny Bucci hasn't seen before that's fine but the thing is he's a fan he's getting behind it he's seeing something different and the thing is that's something we watch so this actually cleaned my palate and maybe you for more for AEW um in the coming weeks but also what could happen next in this pay-per-view so um of course the young Bucks won um it was pretty fucking awesome i'm pretty excited that um from all the garbage we've seen so far the first good match on this pay-per-view so um i was happy i was happy with the way it turned out it was really fun so yeah
2: this was fantastic and also um i'm I'm also luchasaurus um i'm glad you got your tail back
3: (laughs) there you
2: go i said i actually said that during the show because i had just watched episode 199 okay. before we came in because i remember i said like i, go, I see you got his tail back <laughs> elvis starts laughing he turns over and he goes so how far are you on being the elite <laughs> i said you got pretty far i'm like yeah i'm on one, i'm about to watch 200 soon i haven't watched it yet at the time that we're recording this but what was really funny i'm gonna give a little side note and we're not gonna go too much into this but i just want to tell this story was elvis and i started doing bet jokes the whole show zach was with us didn't understand a damn word we were saying i literally was just like i I think at one point, I was watching the match. I'm like, make you say, uh, and he starts
3: laughing. He's not getting it, or yeah, he's laughing, but he's like, What are we laughing
2: at? <laughs> I think at one point, he got up to like go to the bathroom, and I was like, Where do you think you're going? And I <laughs> fell out of the goddamn, he's not getting any of it. It's so fucking great. It's like, it's like we now have an inside joke that no one else is gonna in the group is gonna get That's the
3: best thing, too. You know, you're yeah, having a little inside jokes, especially when it comes to AEW. So, um, he's not in on joke because he doesn't watch it. I don't know why like, I think he'd <laughs> like it, but I can really give t- two fucks about the Red right of the Stepchild or the, the Sulla's Ginger. <laughs> yeah,
2: so. well, well, yeah, that's, that's another story for another day, but I just wanted to bring that up because it was funny. Um, but anyway, on that note, we're now going to move on to the next match of the evening. Uh, we had the Casino Battle Royale.
3: Um, So I'm going to do this the fastest I can. Okay. Group one, consisting of Trent, Ray Phoenix, Christopher Daniels, Jake Hagar, and the Blade. Group two, having Big Will Hobbs, Santana, Ortiz, Chuck Taylor, Frank Kazarian. This was pretty fucking amazing. Um, it was fast-paced. Um, what was we, we, we have a group three on there? Yes, it was Billy Gunn. Oh, Billy Gunn, Penta. Sorry, I didn't see it on there. Uh, Penta, Ricky Starks, Brian Cage up Team Cage. Um, uh, group four, you had Sean Spears, Eddie Kingston, The Butcher, um, Sonny Kiss, and Lance Archer. And who do we have as a mystery fucking oh, Joker?
2: Oh, my God. We got to talk about this. Ladies and gentlemen, we're sitting there on the edge of our seats because Elvis and I are thinking, okay, which former WWE guy... So who's it's your guy? who did you
3: thought I, was going to come I, in? I'm pulling
2: him up right now because I have the text messages because Elvis and I were texting back and forth. So I said, um, let's figure it out. So I guessed maybe Curtis Axel was okay. the first guest. I thought
3: it was a good guest too. And I said Miro from uh, Rusev. Yeah. You said Rusev. Uh-huh. And then
2: I said uh, Rowan, maybe Eric Rowan okay. would be it. And then I, you didn't, I didn't get a text back from you. I said maybe you were busy. But... But we got so all, these, all these ideas. And who is it? Matt freaking Seidel.
3: Evan Bourne.
2: Evan Bourne. And we see this and we're like, we all were. And Elvis, and I, Elvis, and Zach, and I were all amped up. We're like,
3: no fucking way. And we're like, oh, shit. He does a, he does a high running knee on Sean Spears. Oh, it so, was
2: fucking
1: big. So right
3: from the get-go, we're like, oh, man, this is probably going to come out. He's going to decimate. He's going to kill and destroy people. Oh,
2: and then he climbs the top rope. And we're thinking, oh, God, what's he going to do? He goes for a shooting star press. And but. Just the suiting star press. He can't, he, he doesn't even get the flip. He just, like, slips and hits the fucking ground. Oh, not since the Shockmaster has there been a more sad debut in my life. I've never been like, yay! Oh.
3: oh that's, that was literally us. We're like, yeah. Oh, fuck. And it's like, it's like remember I'd seen American Pie when, like, he's, like, dancing for that Nadia chick Whatever, everybody's watching and then he came too quick or something? They're like, oh! Yeah. It was so devastating because, I mean, he wasn't going to win it, but at the same time, we had such high expectations. Like, okay, he's in. So last time we had Brian Cage, and now you have uh, Matt Sadell come out there, which I think is a good fit for AEW. But as soon as he flopped out, I'm like, poor guy. Poor guy. Poor guy. Just give, just give him, like, that Stormtrooper mask and <laughs> glitter and just call it a fucking, like, poor Tugboat. Now, now Matt Sadell is a new Shockmaster. Like, we could finally retire Shockmaster for most horrible debuts, and now you have Matt Saddell is, like, the, the... He is going to have to live with that for the next 20 to 30 years until somebody else debuts as horribly as he did because he must have done that move 600 500 million times in the Indies in WWE and all these different places and you make your debut and you lose your footing. Now, I know wrestling's wrestling and I usually I would just sit there and come to his aid and say, "Hey, you know, it's wrestling. People fuck up, but for a debut, if you can't pull it off, give the motherfucker a DDT." <laughs> okay? Like you don't have to sit there and hit a Shooting Stars press, especially in a fucking Battle royal, like why the fuck like or you know
2: it's the thing he didn't have to do any of that we were already happy just seeing him come out and hit that knee on Sean Spears yeah. if he got in the ring and started like going and going after people believably like not, obviously not Brian Cage or Lance Archer but right. the other younger guys in there and he just started cleaning house and knocking them all out and doing all these like cool like in ring moves don't even have to do like maybe a drop kick maybe something but if he just did all that and then maybe Brian Cage or Lance Archer might have just stopped him dead in his tracks we still would have been like epic day And it would have been believable because I knocked all these other guys and the big guy hits me makes sense. Yeah. Still would have been great. But you tried to do the high spot because again I got to use the phrase they have, have to get their your shit in. in. And that's why I use that term because you don't need it. He didn't need a shooting star press. Like we said, it's a, it's a battle royal. Pinfalls don't count. They do nothing. You gotta throw the guy out of the ring. Just freaking clean
3: house. I think one of the coolest parts of this match <laughs> um, it's the body bag, right? The body oh, bag. God. Ricky, star- Ricky Starks gets eliminated. He takes uh the body bag that's underneath Get the ring and then they put it full of thumbtacks and they put darby allen in and i think cage threw him out but it looks like he fell wrong i mean i'm surprised i mean that kid's gonna fucking die soon darby allen i mean i'm just saying he just he has a death wish is what it he is does. and the thing is like he does all these stupid spots and again that was for fucking nothing um i think my favorite part of it when we had um the murder hawk go face to face with uh cage yeah i was like man this is like i think we talked about a couple weeks ago about you know you know you're a big fucking dude lance archer why aren't you going after big guys why aren't you going after Brody lee why aren't you going after cage why aren't you going i mean why aren't you going after bigger all these bigger people so um that's the only cool thing i got from the whole match because uh the joker card was kind of a, a letdown a it was the joker card was a joke so yeah. i mean uh i don't know man it was stupid i i mean it was a fun yes i mean towards the end too i gotta say the end when we had uh lance archer and we had a kingston on the top rope whatever and then jake snake roberts instead of pulling out a snake he's like hey kingston look at my bag hey hey no 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 no, no, no 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 no, look there's a there's a snake in here no 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 seriously look at my bag no no Kingston Kingston look at me there I swear to god there is a snake in here and I know you're terrified of snakes no no Kingston Kingston look I don't want to pull out my snake I don't want to do it but it's in here use your imagination there is a snake in here and guess what it was Twizzlers (laughs) motherfucker
2: Wait, did we actually see this? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it I'll bet it was. I'll bet it was. But I'm like, motherfucker, just Jake, pull the goddamn snake out. What? You you've been you've been wrangling snakes for thirty plus years, maybe more. You you've trained on how to use the snakes. You've already mentioned in the past. You defang them. You take out the venom sacs. You fill them with silicone so they don't regrow them. You've gone through the process of how you protect people with the snakes. Fucking get one. I, is it really? that hard to get a snake in, in
3: 2020. If, yeah, no, no. Let me rephrase that. Is it hard to get a snake in fucking Florida? <laughs>
2: exactly. You're in goddamn Florida.
3: You could get a snake at fucking Walmart, I'm pretty sure. You <laughs> get one at Walgreens when you buy a pack of cigarettes and a bottle of jack. I mean, I'm pretty sure you just give one free. Buy one snake, get three free. God damn, it's not that hard.
2: And and yeah, what are you gonna pull out the snake and then Eddie Kingston, And then we it would be more believable than just holding up a goddamn bag. What the fuck? He's
3: like, look at my bag. No, 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 no. kingston. Kingston. Look. At the bag, I swear it's gonna scare you. It's not really, there's nothing in here. Or is there? Like, what the fuck, Jake? What the fuck? You were the highlight when you first came out with Lance Archer, and you came out there wearing a. So wait, did you kill the snake and make a shirt out of it? Because um, fucking Archer decided to rip your shirt a couple weeks ago. What the hell? You should have went to Walmart again and got another goddamn snake. What the fuck happened? Like I don't know. This was fuck it. This is fuck all. It's, fuck all. Uh,
2: that was ridiculous. And then, but then, long story short, Archer tosses King to the floor, wins the match. So now we know Lance Archer is next in line to get a shot at the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And I
3: have and I have something that's kind of fucked up to talk about it, this one. He's already up on the ranking. So, I think... You know what? Let's pull up the rankings real quick. I got to see something because I think he was number two already. Number two or number three. Could you? Where's the ranking? Could you type it in real quick? And we see, yeah, you know? you're, you're near the keyboard. So, you're, sorry. A-E-W yeah, uh Yeah, he, he decided to take... There the, you go. Click yeah, on he's, it. yeah, Elvis is in the captain's chair today. I am in the captain's chair. I've been in the captain's chair since I got back, so it's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, if we look at the rankings... Lance Archer's number two. Yeah. So, if MJF wins... Or regardless of what happens, he was next in line anyway? Already, so you get you gave him a battle royal chance to fight for the championship when technically he's next in line anyway. What the fuck, AEW? What the fuck? That was ridiculous. You could have you could have easily built a new
2: star with this, but instead you gave it to the guy who's <sighs> oh already who's already on top. It was ridiculous. Oh
3: boy, I mean like
2: I mean uh, the only other thing I want I want to talk about here is uh, and I want to smack whoever whoever pitched this in the in the in the production meeting. I want to punt, kick them in the skull, Randy Orton style. Who thought it was a smart idea to have Sonny Kiss eliminate Jake Hager? On what planet does that make any sense to anyone in a booking room? Who looks at that and goes, I want to take the most flamboyant, girlish guy wrestler we have and have him throw out one of our biggest badasses? On what planet does that look
3: credible? It's not credibility. It's more like distraction. And and that's what it was, too. I kind of took a look at it, too. That was more about, like, okay, he was close to the ropes. He didn't really see him, and he took him out. So it wasn't anything like he literally was fighting him, and he overpowered Jake Hagar. It's more like a a, a a surprise attack type thing. So okay, I mean, I guess th- I can see you know, that. but the thing is, like, who? I mean, justifiably, who else could take out Hager face to face? So it had to be a surprise on him. I, I mean, but the thing is, you know, with, with all the talent we had on her, Kingston would have been a good person to get that championship match because because yeah. like he's not even on the rankings. Um, you could have had somebody like Trent go up there for it. That would have been nice to see. Um, you had Ricky Starks, who he's not really up there, but it would have been nice to see uh, Ricky Starks. And John, you know, John Moxley or MGF go towards it. I mean, I could see potential—not really money, but at the same time, it'd be nice to see how they could fare against them. I mean, hell, you could have Trent. I, I, I think I brought him over before. So, yeah, Fra- yeah. Frankie Kazarian. Kazarian I mean, would have been perfect for that. Kazarian would have been perfect. Hell, I mean, even Big Will Hobbs, a person who's new. I know he got destroyed by um, Archer before, but at the same time, I mean, Hobbs would have been a good choice too, just to kind of bring him on.
2: And I say his name all the time, but I'll keep doing it because again, I'm looking at legendary status and money. Billy Gunn would have been great.
3: Billy Gunn would have been a fantastic. Fantastic. So, I mean, from all these groups, I mean, from the booking perspective, again, again, this is a pay per view that Tony Khan has to sit there and reshuffle and scratch his head and say, you know, what the fuck, guys? You know, what did you guys do? This pay per view is an embarrassment to, to our company. I mean, yeah, WWE had like two pay per view weeks in a row, and it was like surely done, but it came out to be way better for storyline continuation because they had smaller time to set up a pay per view than what the fuck you guys had for the past couple months. You guys have pay per views every fucking month. How did you guys have a buildup? Up to this and not the yeah that is your fucking problem you have two months now for the next pay-per-view you guys better get your fucking house in order because if you have another flop of a pay-per-view your stock's gonna go down so you better get your shit fucking house in order and get this shit fucking cleaned up because this is i'm not saying this is the worst but the thing is there was so many options so many things to be taken care of and you guys decided to fucking shit all over it you guys shit on the fans too because you guys didn't do what you're supposed to do if you guys didn't have time to come up with a decent finish and do everything else you shouldn't have had it you could have put you could postpone it for one more week to make sure you have it your house owner on paper how the fuck did this look good how the fuck you sit there look at continuation? I didn't even think about the ranking system until I just got here a couple minutes ago. Yeah. I knew I knew uh, Archer was up there, but he's so fucking close you can give it to him. The, the guy who was number two on there after the guy who's facing champion. Like, what the fuck were you thinking? So Tony Khan, get your fucking house in order. I don't give a fuck what happens because you guys need to get your shit together. Absolutely. Put it in the backpack and put it all together. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead.
2: Nah, no, it's all good, man. On that note, moving on to the next match of the evening, a broken rules match. And
3: literally, it lived up to the hype of his name. The rules were fucking broken for this one. God. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. (sighs) Okay, so let me start from the top, which is my favorite part. Matt Hardy's searching for uh, Sammy Guevara. He's searching from in the football field where we're like, okay, this is pretty cool. And then we see Sammy Guevara come out in a A golf golf cart. cart. And I'm like, oh, continuation. This is awesome. This is going to be great. Now we were
2: laughing. We We were loving it.
3: First it was like Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega chasing on Guevara. Now Guevara is chasing on Hardy. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be great. And then, they were fighting each other. And they decided to go on that fucking fork ladder. They bring it up. And Matt Hardy slammed his head into the fucking concrete. And of course they had to continue on because they booked themselves into a quarter. Because they said if Matt Hardy was to lose, what happens? He has to leave AEW. So obviously never had any plans for him to fucking leave. You could definitely tell he was concussed. He was out of it. He wanted to go on to make the match go on. Um, It was dumb. It was the dumbest thing ever. Um, That was not safe. There was no need for it. Matt at Hardy, you're a legend in yourself, okay? You don't have to do this shenanigans anymore, you don't have to do these matches. Your personality is what brought you over here. We're, you know, we want to watch the table matches and the ladder matches. You know, we all have friends who have the network that we could watch on that we really want to, so necessarily, we don't need you to do that. You don't, you're not the person to do that anymore. You set the bar for that, there's no reason for you to do anything else more because the thing is that served nothing for you, the only thing it gave you was a concussion. Um, so I think it was pissed poorly done. Um, I'm not taking away because it's Guevara's fault or Hardy's fault or whatever but I just wish they were smart about this. Again, this is another thing that, that Tony Khan has to reevaluate when it comes to this. He has to reevaluate his whole roster. Um, uses everybody's assets to their greatest potential because what they're doing right now, they're just pretty much pissing away. I mean, Hardy has a good mind for wrestling. With these concussions, it's going to go away. Yeah. Guevara has had a horrible 2020. This would have elevated him if had they picked their spots correctly. And again, this match did nothing for Nobody except it brought thought, brought down stock for um, Hardy and Guevara,
2: and, this, and the crazy part was. And this is something I want to get your take on. I know we might have talked about it briefly during the pay-per-view, but now that we're here in the podcast studio and we've had a and we at the time that we're recording this, we've had a day to think about this. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people on social media are pissed off that AEW allowed this match to continue. Like Matt Hardy was able to keep eventually at some point he was able to regain his footing, start fighting Sammy. They rang the bell and restarted the match. Some people felt like this is a last man standing match, which I want to get to that in a minute. But they felt that why was they felt that Matt Hardy should have been counted out and then maybe found some way to try to rewrite him back into A.W. But the thing is, do you believe them? Were you okay with the match continuing
3: after that? You know, I've had time to think about this, and this is my perspective on it. I think what happened was Matt Hardy decided he wanted to go on. It wasn't something that Tony Khan called. I don't think it was anybody else. I think Matt Hardy wanted to continue on um, because he's a constant professional. Um, you know, the same way on NXT when we had um a Cross, um, you know, he hurt himself during the match, but he continued on. Um, but this is more devastating because even though Cross did hurt himself and he kidnapped, Continued on and did what he was supposed to do for the match. Um in the same aspect, Hardy, he wasn't there. I don't I'm not happy that he continued on, but I think because of the storyline, he didn't want to go out that way. Um, they can't really switch the rules up halfway through the match. Now you're right, they could have brought him back as Damascus, they could have brought him back as version 1.0. They had different avenues they could make that happen, but they decided not to. I think it was because of Hardy. Again, that's why you can't let the inmates run the asylum. You have to take a stand on your product, Tony Khan, and actually do something different when it comes to situations. Now, they were booked into a corner. That that spot was not supposed to happen like the way it did. But you have to have a contingency plan of what if. And um, I thought it was just piss poorly done. I don't think that um, it gained gain anything. There's no reason for Matt Hardy to come off that fork ladder. It doesn't look like it's a big spot, but it is. I mean, if you're falling down, hit the concrete at any... I'm six foot, right? If I was to fall back on the concrete, that, that speed, just for me being six feet tall, coming down is going to fucking hurt. They came down like 12 feet or more. I'm not sure what the, what the elevation was on it. But still gonna fucking hurt. I mean, at full swing too. Um, it was stupid. Um, yeah,
2: I mean, the thing is, he was going for the side effect, and Sammy Guevara countered it into a spear. A side effect would have been ten times safer. You, you should have just had Matt do the side effect, because then even if they didn't hit the table, Sammy would have definitely hit the table head wise. The worst thing that would have hit is maybe their legs. And worst thing that would happen was maybe, ah, maybe the heel or the shin might've been like, and it would've been like, ow, ow, hop it around for a few minutes. Right. That would've been your worst case scenario. Because they would've been protected on the table. But that spear, those tables were not lined up properly. Nobody had, nobody accumulated for distance. It's like, fuck, get somebody who knows fucking math and geometry and shit like that to plan those if you're going to do something crazy like that. You shouldn't, but if, have somebody smart to do that. My thing is this. Uh, I understand why a lot of people felt that the match conti- shouldn't have have continued, but I look at it like this. If if the rest Wrestler feels they can keep going. In some cases, you can let them. And in a pay per view, you kind of have to because this is if this was AEW TV, I'd wave the damn thing off. Exactly. But this is a pay per view where fans are 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 spending a lot of money. So if they can physically still go, you gotta let them go. Otherwise, you're robbing the fans of the money they pay for that pay per view if you're not delivering. So I, that, there's that there's that aspect to
3: it as well. And I, and I think too, also to kind of like jump on that little bandwagon, um, I think he kind of saw the early matches too. The only thing that went only went right was the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express. Everything was pretty much just a fucking. Fire fest pretty much it, i mean everything stunk up until that point other than the young bucks in jurassic express so maybe he didn't want to disappoint but at the same time i mean like yeah it shows you have a lot of hard determination for your craft but at the same time you gotta know when it's um yeah. you know you could get yourself written up because you're a deity i mean in you know in aew because you may have said you don't want to use those personas anymore but you could retire to hardy out of aew and just do the mask you know you could have done something else like you're a brilliant guy you could come back with other things and use that aspect I And mean, you might get some blowback at first but at the same time it would have been fine so i don't know yeah. that, he needs to be the broken guy. I- yeah. I'm sorry.
2: I'm going to say this. I get that Matt wants to be just Matt and I don't ca- and this is the one time where I'm going to say I don't care what Cornett says. Just Matt Hardy on his own is not going to do well because what the, what made him the broken gimmick was it gave him character. It gave him uh, something to do to where he did not have to do stupid shit like that if he was broken. He didn't have to do that. Regular Matt Hardy does because as regular Matt Hardy, he's just Matt. Yeah. And as much as I love Matt Hardy and I do, I consider him the superior of the Hardys. I've always have. He need that broken character to give him a gimmick, give him depth, give him something to work with Mike Wise and make him somebody that you can make a world champion. Mm-hmm. That is, he needs to be the broken. And also when i heard broken rules my thought was this is an extreme rules match but they can't say extreme rules because wwe owns it when i heard this was a last man standing match my first question was why my second question was why not just call it a last man standing match wwe does not own the rights to last man standing
3: that's true i mean every other
2: wrestling company can use it tna's used it ring of honors used it new japan has used it last man standing is not an is not something wwe can realistically trademark but extreme rules they can trademark that so, just call it broken rules, let them use weapons, beat the fucking shit out of each other safely, and boom, you have a match.
3: Well, I mean, I guess I'm looking at the analysis over here. I guess the handling of, um, you know, Matt Hardy after it. I guess um, they do do a concussion protocol. Um, I guess he passed. So, I guess he didn't have a concussion. But, I mean, you could definitely tell he was rocked uh, when it comes to it. Am I, my my reading this incorrect?
2: Yeah. They said he passed concussion protocol after the match, but still went to a local hospital yeah. for a precautionary reasons. So, he passed the, the protocol, but they were like, let's take you to the hospital. Just in case. be sure. Let's get a second opinion i mean it was it was scary so, it was it was it was
3: scary nonetheless and uh it's not something you really want to see and you know mistakes happen but this pay-per-view so far is by far the worst pay-per-view i've seen from aew i hope this has, this has become a trend yeah. um but um you know let's let's get off this stinker real quick let's go sure. to something else but, and, but
2: before i do i do want to say this because we we have been uh kind of tough on tony in this in, in this yes, episode have. so I want to give a quick moment and give a shout out to Tony Khan for at least going through the proper channels with Matt getting him the, pro- the, the letting him give him the, the concussion tests and then sending him to a hospital to be safe so Tony Khan at least took care of the situation so Tony we give you praise for this
3: oh absolutely Do like, not I'm being harsh on it the like, it's not yeah. really directly on Tony Khan yeah. it's mostly because um, it's mostly because it's the product that we put on and things like I was so used to seeing a certain wave of success and a certain wave of uh, you guys been handling 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 your regular TV shows, I thought your pay-per-view would have been nothing less, if not more, than what it's been. So, um... I mean I'm just I'm just upset in the product at the moment because I'm the correspondent. I'm supposed to sit there and call things the way they are and usually I wave the banner for AEW making it better than sometimes when it really is sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll sit there and be your pee guy and spin things a million times to nothing. I do it all the time. Yes. Um, does. I make fun of uh, my friends because, you know, the ones who go against it, so the other people who talk badly about AEW, um, I think I'm pretty quick witted to turn it around to Here where are. so when it comes to AEW, I like to twist around to say, Oh, really? Well you think your product's good? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> But uh, no, this this was garbage. I mean, it was bad. So um, let's just move on to the next because yes. the next match oh. was the match of the night. Oh, This okay. was the best thing. I mean, one of. Let's say, Let's just say okay. one of. Because okay. Thunder Rosa versus Hikaru Shida. For the AEW women's title. This match was so fucking good. And listen, you guys know I sing the high praise of Shida all the time. I call her my personal imaginary wrestling girlfriend. Um, Thunder Rosa is my new favorite women's wrestling like a woman's wrestler she is hands down my new favorite I, I want to watch a, um NWA now because she is so f- she whooped the monkey shit out of fucking Cheetah for pretty much the whole match she brought it to her she looked stunning in this fucking match and it has to go also with she because she made Thunder Rosa look so good too in a match but my god Thunder Rosa I have a brand new favorite woman's wrestler and her name is Thunder Rosa Cobra Moon
2: the thing is when I see her work in the ring she works so so differently now, I forget she was Cobra Moon. I totally because I'm telling you right now. Maybe it's because they were in a mask, but I don't see it. No, I don't see the. I I know they're the same person, but, but you. But how many? But it.
3: how many years is it been since you seen Nochi on the ground when she first actually taped that? Because there's a difference from the time she actually taped it to when it actually aired. So those are. Years years that's of like true. that's years of grinding and you know the grindstone working at her craft and doing good just to see her now on this match was so fucking good i mean it was so paced back and forth and listen she does she is you know obviously she's a champion but she's like one of the best wrestlers in aew when it comes to the women's division and just to be outshined by thunder rosa now that's not a small fee because she makes a lot of people look good we saw that before she was champion putting people over you know trying to make people look great but thunder rosa man wow she brought it now thunder rosa did take a loss on this one unfortunately but the thing is it made for some reason in my eyes thunder rosa in that loss looks bigger than sheeta do you understand what i'm talking about yes
2: and I do want to say this though, um, uh, I got I got I got to do something now. On the regular guys' show, we used to do this segment years ago called the Fu Line, mm. where fans could call in and basically give a shout out or a fuck you to a certain person. Obviously, we we would censor the fuck you, but it was a hotline you could call at any time, and they would take the audio. Like traffic, audio. like fuck you twenty five for yes. yeah. So uh, I like to bring back the Fu Line for a moment and give a special fuck you to a certain individual, and that is Allison K, aka. Sienna and the NWA because this is what she had to say now I don't know if this is her in kayfabe or if she's doing this for real I don't know but until then we're gonna give this fuck you to her because she wrote once again Thunder Rose a bit off more than she could chew and she choked just like her MMA fight you've embarrassed our entire company who's this wrestler? uh <laughs> Her name. Her name is Sienna. She used to wrestle for TNA. She was a TNA champion. S- she, she was Sienna awesome. S I E N N A. Uh Just put wrestler. That'll help. Yeah, we're 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 doing this. Um, yes, that's her right there, Allison K. Allison K. Yes, she currently wrestles for the National Wrestling Alliance. Yeah, who the fuck are you, first of all, and
3: second of all, who the fuck are you? <laughs>
2: Yeah, apparently she claims that Thunder Rosa embarrassed the NWA by I, not defeating Sheeta.
3: I think she brought more eyes to NWA because of that. Again, she, you know what, fuck you. You know, <laughs> Allison K, you ain't shit. Come at me. Come at me at Instagram or whatever because you ain't shit. I haven't seen you wrestle, but at the same time, like, she was the best representation. Because I think, who the fuck is Ana K? first and foremost? No one knows who the fuck you are, Sienna. Um yeah. So until you sit there and actually get your shit together, were you on AEW? Did you go for a championship match? Are you even holding a title at this moment? I don't think so. She brought shame into your company? She made it stand out.
2: Yeah, she did. She is a former uh, NWA uh Women's Champion, but she's not the current champion. Um but it, anyway, it's um it's it's just I I had to talk about that because that was like that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like her biggest claim to fame in like WWE was um competing in the May Young Classic and losing in the first round to Mia Yim. Versus Mia Yim, the worst wrestler
3: on NXT. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. So anyway, um I want to say this is she as far as I'm concerned, she did the NWA proud. I think so like, too. that is this was two women who are on top of their game. And I don't know if I want to say it's the best women's match I've seen in AEW. No,
3: I'm going to say it though. It, it was is? The, You think it, it was? It was the best women's match AEW's ever had. Not yeah. just for 2020, I'm saying the entire run of AEW from her first inception to right now, this was the best women's match we've ever had. I stand. Okay, this, this, we're going to say it. This is the standard bearer for it though, so no. Yeah. Um. So she brought shame to your company? No, she brought nothing but reality to wrestling. She brought a whole aspect of wrestling which we haven't seen in quite some time at least for me in AEW now WWE's got fantastic women to it though but I'm sorry um Sienna or whatever your name is it doesn't really matter Allison Kane because let me tell you this I've never heard of you you've never come to AEW I've never seen you wrestle I've never seen any of your promos I've never even heard of you you know you make yourself relevant by jumping on and attacking somebody else to give yourself a name when in reality you ain't shit so until you come to L- L- elite Wrestling Challenge and show me something different, Thunder Rosa is holding the reins to bring Sheeta to her max for that championship. So until you do something, sit back in your corner, think about what you said, and come back a couple weeks after we have something to show for. Otherwise, shut your fucking mouth and sit in your corner.
2: Okay then, uh, but yes, fantastic match. Set the tone for future women's matches. Hopefully we see something better at this. I I don't know if this is the last we've seen a Thunder Rosa. I hope, in AW. I, hope I hope not. In AEW. I hope not. Um, I definitely look forward to seeing her defending the title when NWA finally reopens its doors. Um, but we're going we're gonna to get off of this, even though it was a fantastic match. And move on to the next match of the evening. We had an eight-man tag. We had, from the Dark Order, Mr. Brody Lee, Cole Cabana, Stu Grayson, and Evil Uno. Versus the Natural Nightmares, Dustin Rhodes, QT Marshall, along with Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, Scorpio Sky.
3: I thought it was a well-fun, paced match. Yes. Um, you know, the heavies brought it in a bit. When it came to Brody Lee, when it came to Stu Grayson being graceful as a fucking ballerina in the fucking arts, Stu Grayson is becoming one of my favorite wrestlers on AEW. He is so underutilized. He is such a devastating person, and um, I love the way he acts in the ring. Um, now that you put this evil Uno Shark Boy perspective in my head, I can't get out of my head. Now he does kind of look like Shark Boy with that mask, which I can't get out of my head now. But at the same time, he did pretty good. Yeah, uh, we saw some beautiful hot you know hot tags. Cole Cabana had some good offense, but. You know, QT Marshall really brought his A-game, which is great, because that's what you want to bring when it comes to these kind of matches. QT Marshall's been an afterthought for quite some time, in my opinion, and this match really elevated him to a point where I never thought he was going to be at. Yeah. Uh, Dustin Dustin Rhodes was just a man on fire, uh, seeking revenge for what happened to his brother. Uh, Matt Cardona sat there and got his spots in, obviously, because, you know, he's a big spot guy whatever, but that's fine. He did fantastic. But more than likely, but more than less, Scorpio Sky, when he got the hot tag, that place erupted yeah. Scorpio Sky is fucking killing it and I love the way you know they utilize them because the thing is first it went from QT Marshall to Dustin and from Dustin to Matt and from Matt over to Scorpio Sky and when you use that succession of tags you know get, trying to get the hot tag they utilize that formula so freaking good they know how to use it they know how to get the hot tags how to build some heat how to get and the thing is it worked perfect Um, obviously you know uh, Brody Lee was a man on fire too he wasn't going to take no bullshit yeah. um, and it, it looked like at the too unfortunately, um, Brody Lee had a, the match won, and this is where we conclude the match. Uh, Brody Lee had just decimated. I think it was Q.T. Marshall or Dustin or something. Uh, he- it was Dustin. It was Dustin. So he t- he he laid him out and the thing is he gave him like that discus lariat and it looked like he took out his fucking soul like i saw a dustin's soul pull oh. out and come back in he laid out on the ground he tagged in um cold cabana and instead of getting a pin, because he just went there one two three been over but instead what he had to do what's your catchphrase again Vinny?
0: had to, to get, get your
3: shit in. in you had to do a fucking what a uh,
2: goddamn uh, moonsault a
3: damn moonsault where dustin had the you know wherewithal to move out of the way one two three and it was fucking over yeah so it's gonna cost him tension now because, you know, Brody Lee has been setting this example of being this dominating force and trying to make everybody good around him. And what happened? Cole Cabana wanted to go for his fucking spot. Why? It's stupid. He set him up. He set him up for a win because the thing is Brody Lee could easily just pin him, but he wanted to make Cole Cabana feel special because he hasn't had a couple wins. He gave him the chance and he squatted it because he wanted to be a a flashy little bitch. And the thing is you can't have that. And the thing is this is going to cause some tension. Again, we're going to see some changes when it comes to the roster. When it comes to the Dark Order, they're going to switch some things around. I might say they're gonna kick cold kick cold cabana out, but then, now it's gonna come time for that hard love. Yeah. Um, when it comes for to that tough love. Um same thing with three and four. They put on a stellar match, I think. They were the ones or they were the glue that kind of kept that match together. There's gonna to be some tough love from John Silver. There's gonna be some uh for Alex Reynolds, they're gonna have some tough love. Um same through with cold cabana, there's gonna be some tough love, and we're gonna start seeing some more discipline. We're, we're gonna, gonna see, see, the see the newspaper a lot more. We're gonna see the newspaper, a, a bunch of papers being thrown at it. Hopefully it's evil uno who throws it, and hopefully this time John Silver sells it. Um <laughs> But at the same time, like there's going to be a a, a pecking order of sorts to where you're going to start seeing some changes when it comes to our roster. So if this pay-per-view does anything, which I think it's about time we did too, I'm kind of, in a way, kind of glad this pay-per-view went the way it did. Um, Only from an outsider's perspective, and I guess as a fan too. Was this pay-per-view great? Fuck no, it was not. But the thing is, it gives Tony Khan a lot to think about about the future of how he's supposed to handle that. Because this pay-per-view was not handled right. And if this gives him an excuse to step... Weapon, go back to the drawing board and make some changes now is the time because you can't carry you can't lug this shit until next week you can't you can't sleep on this and expect okay well, these guys because you're just, they're highly trained professionals and they're good whatever have that meeting today so if that happened yesterday have it today and literally go down the roster joy Janella, sir Pentico, go through that okay go through britt baker and big swole go through that one you know you definitely
2: want to have your evps in there
3: you want to have your evp oh fuck yeah you do you want to have like you want to have um private party you want to have the dark and i think dark order i think that Match. They're gonna say, "Hey, you did a good job." At the same time, Dark Order Dark Order's gonna take care of their own shit. Um, Jurassic Express, good job on that one, Young Bucks. You did a good job. Um, But everything else after that, though, they're gonna be like, "You guys need to cleave your shit." This match was not sloppy. This match was well thought out, yeah. really good. So the only reason he fucked us because it was storyline to get it done that way to improve himself. But they're gonna manage themselves. Tony Khan doesn't have to get involved in a Dark Order at all because they did their job. Yeah,
2: the people who did their jobs, let leave them be. The people exactly. who fucked up, they're no, the ones no, that no. At the same the
3: time, though, no, still have that meeting. Still have that still meeting, have meeting yes. but I still say, hey, listen, you guys delivered. You guys were a saving grace for this pay-per-view. We a lot of fuck-ups. We thank you so much for your professionalism, bringing your A-game, and not be, and not slipping on what the fuck's going on because you guys did your jobs. You are the standard bears for what this company, especially when it comes to pay-per-view, is supposed to be done. Everybody else who fucked up, if you're sitting in that lobby, you've never been scorned before, you better be getting an earful. And that, not just from Tony Khan, from Cody, from uh Kenny, from the Young Bucks. Um, from anybody else who has any responsibility in that company. Totally. Oh I mean, um, Arn. Everybody who's responsible back there. Billy. Everybody who Jake. has... Jake. Anybody who has some kind of footing in that company. Um, who else is over there? Um, the Irishman. Uh, with blonde hair. Fitz Finley. He's Finley. there Finley's there I think I think he is yeah still he's he's in the backstage area oh, right oh you know what double a double a that's what I'm saying Arn, yeah Arn Anderson yeah. so get these people together come up with a plan how are you going to rectify this bullshit because we cannot have this going into next week so yeah um that's just my own perspective I know this pay-per-view was a stinker but you know at the same time I'm glad it happened because you guys were riding high for quite some time and the thing is I was riding with you guys but after this fucking fiasco it better not happen again because this will bury a fucking company you're Supposed to be the standard bearer for what's new, what's invigorating about wrestling, and this kind of shit show you cannot have again. So we have a pay per view in two months. You know, clean up your fucking house. Yes, clean it up Gotta because it we could, we could not have this going forward.
2: And now, of course, before we move on to the next match, there is one other thing we got to talk about. Sure, go ahead. Because we cut to the back. Uh, Dustin's putting on a five decades shirt. Yeah. And five decades earned. And there's an interview with Tony Schiavone. So Dustin cuts an incredible
3: promo. Oh, fantastic.
2: Talks about how they got the victory. They did what they said they were going to do. We did this for you, Cody. You're coming back. We, I love you. We all love you. You're going to get your title back. You're going to take back what's yours. And then Tony throws the curveball... That this coming Wednesday on AEW, Dustin is getting the shot. Dustin Rhodes versus Brody Lee for the TNT Championship. And then you see not a big change, but a little bit of a change in Dustin's. He went from saying, Cody, you're going to take back what yours to, you know, I haven't had championship gold in a while. So Brody, I'm coming for the title, which I'm excited about. Me too. Part of me wants to see Dustin win. Another part of me is like, Brody's still on a roll, so I'm stuck. Now, me personally, I don't think I'm going to be pissed either way. Me personally, I don't know how you're going to feel. But me, either way, I'm fine with whoever wins. I'm fine either way because it gives Brody Lee another dominant run if he wins. It gives Dustin a title that he wants if he wins. But here's the million dollar question. Let's just say Dustin wins this
3: title. What will Cody do when he comes back? Here's my thing. I think during this match, Cody comes back and turns on his brother. And he becomes the heel. He's like, you're going to try to take a title away from me when I was gone? No. No. Kay. That shit's mine. And you know what, though? You want to go after that title? After I've had it for quite some time? No, you're not going to fucking get that. You know what, though? He's going ma- to squander his brother from getting the championship, get in a program with him, and then go to the heavyweight championship where he doesn't want to get into the title match. He just wants to fuck his brother over. because He's going to be so much more emotional than anything else.
2: And it'll be great, especially with Cody's The Heel going in. Oh, yeah. Oh, it'll be way more brutal than that Double or Nothing match they had a few years back. Oh,
3: absolutely. Oh, it'll be great. And
2: on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening for the AEW Tag Team Titles. Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega defend the titles against FTR.
3: This was... I've been reading online a lot about people not liking this match. Um, a lot of people saying that FTR was not deserving, which I do not agree with. <laughs> But, I know, I I said the same thing. I was like, what? Um, Did you guys not watch the same match? This match was an old-school match... And Kenny Omega and Hangman and Page, who you thought were going to be on opposite ends, are going to sit there like kind of falling out. This was probably the best match of chemistry between Kenny Omega and Hangman and Page I have ever seen. we see seen him win Tag Team Championship. We saw him go week to week, you know, facing Championship match, Championship match, facing, um, facing other um, competitors. This was the most fluid Kenny Omega, Hangman and Page I have ever seen. They utilize every tactic they can to try to hold down FTR. And by God, we had so many close calls. I don't know what to make of it. I couldn't tell I wanted FTR to win, but at the same time, I kind of wanted Hangman and pay I, 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 didn't, I was so torn between this match because I saw the Kenny Omega I've always wanted to see when I, when he first came on. Remember, if you go back to the podcast, I was always singing praise. Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega. It's like, okay, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. We got it. We got it. Just in that match itself, the way he's been acting lately, um, even after the analysis from after the match that what happened, we saw the Kenny Omega that I knew he was, what he was capable of, and then we finally get to see that strong... Healish Kenny Omega I wanted to see for quite some time and I could not be more happier for this match because this match was in my eyes one of the best matches in AEW yes
2: and um ladies and gentlemen this is the part of the show where I'm about to tear some people apart and it's not the guys in the ring okay so if I may uh I'm gonna read verbatim which I try not to do often on this show I'm gonna read verbatim from this uh Bleacher Report website that we're kind of looking at I'm gonna read this and tell you what I say this is the analysis for the tag team title match. Every so often there's a match fans and critics alike expect to see extraordinary to the point that management and wrestlers alike go out of their way to try and build an epic. Those matches almost never live up to the hype, and this one was no different. It was too long, almost overstaying its welcome on more than one occasion. The heat segments felt like they went on forever even though they did not, and the result was a bloated match that even the fans in attendance struggled to get into. The finish was well done at least, and made sense within the context of the tag team partners who no longer trust each other's story. Particularly in regards to Omega's errant V-Trigger. FTR will absolutely strengthen the tag division as it's face, restoring credibility to it. They needed to get those titles right here, right now, and AEW pulled the trigger at absolutely the right time. It is just a shame that the match did not live up to the lofty expectations of the fans, who almost demanded better of those involved. Okay, where do I fucking begin with this? Alright, let's start at the top. There's a match fans and critics alike expect to be extraordinary to the point that management wrestlers like go out of their way to try to build an epic. Let me tell you something. I didn't expect an epic out of this. I'm sure the rest of you guys did. I didn't. See, my definition of epic would have been if FTR fought the Bucks like we fucking wanted. But instead, and I know I gave the Bucks praise earlier, but this is a moment where I can't. They keep ducking them because they're fucking scared. Because they know FTR is going to stop whatever spot monkey bullshit they're going to plan. Again, this is before... that match happened I had this opinion so don't try to twist my words I gave the Bucks their praise so that's off the table I wasn't expecting an epic if you were expecting an epic you're dumb I'm sorry this was not meant to be a classic tag team title match for the ages this was an angle match to try and get the shift and the breakup between Adam Page and Kenny Omega and start the disbanding of the elite while putting the tag team titles on a credible tag team that can build name and notoriety this was not meant to be a classic for the ages stop trying to expect every AEW match to be historic. I'm sure they all go out there with that expectation, but guess what? Ain't gonna happen. Some are gonna be remembered. Some are gonna be forgotten. That's professional wrestling. Now, this lived up to my hype because I went in expecting it to be what it was. A chance for Omega and Adam Page to split and for new tag team champions to be born. So you know what? It did live up to the hype. So fuck that. It was too long. Honestly, in some cases, I can agree with that. Might have been too many false finishes, but this match did not overstay its welcome in any way, shape, or form at all. The heat segments were perfect for what needed to be done. This was not a bloated match. If you struggled to get into this match, I'm gonna tell you why you struggled. Because you're not used to seeing good wrestling. That's why you fucking struggled. You're like, wait a minute, what is this? They're, they're, they're telling a story? They're slowing down? They're actually working on body parts? They're not flip-flop flying and almost dying? Like, what, what What? am I seeing? You're seeing real professional wrestling. Congratulations. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this, AEW, but you got a tag team who's, in wrestling terms, woke to how it's supposed to be fucking done. You're not used to it. FTR is educating you. So take some notes, students. Also, So if you struggle to get involved, that's on you. The finish was well done. you yeah, damn right it was well done. It was perfect, because we but when that Buckshot Lariat came in, Adam Page was gonna accidentally hit Kenny Omega. I knew it, Elvis knew it, everybody following AEW for the last few months knew it, but they both ducked. And then Kenny goes for the V-Trigger, takes out Adam Page, Unexpected, did not see that coming. That was perfection. The guy you didn't expect to accidentally hit his partner hit his partner. Perfect. FTR will strengthen the tag team division. Yeah, restoring credibility to it. Um, that's implying that it had some credibility. It did in, in regards of innovative tag team moves and tag team chemistry, but there wasn't a lot of credibility in this division. It was just new, exciting, and different, and well choreographed. This is gonna bring a not credibility but a new level of credibility they needed the tag team titles did i think they needed the tag team titles not really but it helps them out you know i felt ftr could have waited a little longer to get the belts. i thought this was the time to settle the score between them and the bucks but you know early on time whatever ftr is that damn good so a shame lofty expectations there were no expectations i don't demand better from them you know why because they gave their absolute goddamn best Congratulations, you're seeing real professional wrestling get done, you're seeing it done right, and what they proved was good fucking wrestling can still exist in the world of, spe- of in the world of high spots constantly I know y'all ain't used to it but you better get used to it because you know why this is the shit that's gonna give that's gonna draw money and let AEW continue to thrive Elvis
3: you can agree or disagree the floor is yours nah man you hit it on a nail Um, it, it served a purpose uh, we talked about change before this thing whole went on here Um, we got the change we needed Um, the narrative was set uh, Kenny Omega flipped on well, it looks like he was gonna attack him at first uh, uh, Hangman Page after the match he just walked out and said yeah, I'm done. Um, I'm, I'm sick and tired of this crap. But he's the one who kind of fucked over Hangman and Page. Exactly. So he flipped the narrative. So he just shows he like he's already delusional. He's been losing his mind for the past couple weeks, and now he went full trigger and he got the Young Bucks. And the Young Bucks were kind of showing like, what do you mean? Like, you know, what do you mean you're done with them? But hold on a second. Didn't you guys kick Hangman a Page out of the fucking Elite a week or two ago? So exactly. You guys are the same page. There's there's no reason for you to sit there and pretend it's not happening. This is your narrative. You wanted it. The Elite are done. There's no more Elite. I mean, the you have is what kenny omega and young bucks and i don't think that partnership is going to have any fruit to it either because eventually um kenny omega is going to push the young bucks away too so the elite's done um as of right now it looks like that these are the dying days of the elite and everybody's gonna defend for themselves so like i said before hangman me on a page although he lost the tag team championships there's plenty of upside to him kenny omega seeing this heel turn is something that was much needed the young bucks themselves have their own kind of heel turn so everybody's evolving from what they first came on to so that's why i want to see and it happened so this match was great i think it was i didn't overstate his welcome you're absolutely right it got the narrative done and we had a fun wrestling match so if you guys can get behind that then you guys can't watch wrestling so if you guys can't love it the way it is i'm not saying you're supposed to love and say it's a five-star match i'm not melter but at the same time it was enjoyable it was good to watch because it was like a whole different side to him it's like watching a young bucks match earlier you didn't expect that the way it did i didn't expect king man on page and kenny omega to be on the same page and do the offense they were doing but they did. Uh, they brought it to FTR and FTR had really had to dig down to win those championships, which was fun to watch. That's why we got new champions, and you it felt believable. It did. So that's why on this match I think it's I think it was it was done correctly. So um I got nothing else to say about it. I think the right winners won, uh, the narrative was drawn, and we're gonna, everybody's gonna anticipating what's gonna happen on Wednesday.
2: Yeah. And on that note, we're gonna move on to the next match of the evening the Mimosa mayhem match, the rubber match, Orange Cassidy
3: versus Chris Jericho. I'm I'm not gonna say anything about this match i'm gonna let you talk because uh this is something that you were bitching about like pockets and sunglasses and shin kicks and a whole bunch of different stuff and you know what i think you owe us a song on wednesday um but <laughs> i want you to go ahead and i want you to practice a song here shortly but you are gonna sing the praises of orange cassidy if he did something or didn't do something so before we get into that i'm gonna let you commentate about this match I want to see your expectations, and then I'm going to kind of come up with a jingle and see how you're seeing the praise of Orange Cassidy.
2: Well, um, if I don't do a song this week, I'll have one next week. Um, but I will I will say this. Um, I've been pretty boastful. I've had a lot of shit to say, and a lot of the stuff I've said has has had merit. I'm not gonna take back anything I've said about Orange Cassidy in the past. I am gonna say this: this is the part of the show where you see something that does not happen to me often when I talk about wrestling. I I am humbled at this very moment. Orange Cassidy did exactly what the fuck I wanted him to do. Show me a badass side to Orange Cassidy. Show me somebody who wants to win. Don't put your hands in your goddamn pockets. Don't do the thumbs up and the goofy shit. This is the time to get serious because you're in a serious match, even despite the fact there's mimosa outside the ring. But that's that's neither here nor there.
3: Oh, wait, let me bring it down a bit. So the vats of the mimosa was that something you expected the way it was set up? What no. They, so let's let's, that's let's not. What let's, I mean. So let, let's bring it back. What did you think the mimosa was gonna look like? So let me tell you mine. I thought for some reason there would have been like a plank somewhere, like on a stage or something. It would been like a circle, kind of like, I guess we did have circles on there, but that would have been like a clear circle. Yeah. Kind of like one of those things that you watch in DC movies where they have like all the acid and all that stuff, whatever. Yeah. So I was thinking like, I was thinking like that so maybe they are wrestling each other and they had to walk each other to the, the ring or to the, uh, the the entrance. So I was thinking that where it was going to be at. They had to sort of push each other through that, but um it was actually on the side of the rings. One on the top left and one on the bottom right. So I was like, oh, like presentation wise, that was more aesthetically pleasing to watch as opposed to my idea it would have been the
2: Shitty, like I of like,
3: vats, you know, of like. I thought it would have been like a clear little fish tank. Yes, yes
2: And that was going to be filled with mimosa, and he'd be in there. Yeah, yeah And yeah. I, I expected something really half-assed, but it was fucking great. No, it was good. Because it looked like the tank of in the in the Batman of '89 with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. Right. It had that kind of look with the green stuff in it, like right. Tank of Acid that Jack Nicholson fell into. It looked exactly like that, just orange. Yeah. It was great. This was great. And I'm going to tell you right now, like, I did not know what to expect from Orange Cassidy because I was so angry. What happened when the bell rang? When the bell rang, he he he, he put his hands in his air, like he's about to put his hands in his pockets, and I went, I swear to God, I, I'm looking at this, and Zach's yelling, pockets! And I'm sitting there going, I swear to God, if he puts his hands in his pockets, I'm walking right out the front door, and he goes, and he brings his hands down, but quickly takes off his sunglasses and runs at Jericho, and I went, whoa, Jesus! I The last time I was that shocked about Orange Cassidy, was in their first match, when he did Put the hands in the pockets, and he did this stupid shin kicks that I fucking hate. And then he jumped back and was gonna do that way well, he normally does that half ass super kick that looks like oh, a dog lifting its leg to pee. Yeah. So he going, oh! And then he literally kicked him, and I went, whoa, what the fuck? So I'm watching this, and I'm like, oh crap, here we go, here he goes, gotta get it, gotta get his shit in. And like, whoa, wait, a minute. he took the glasses off. And fucking bell to bell, Orange Cassidy fucking fought. Minus the moments where Jericho was dominating the match, that's to be expected. You know, the heel's gonna dominate, get his heat and all that. But when Orange Cassidy got offense, he got freaking offense. This is a guy who fucking, he showed me he wanted to win. He showed me a fight. He showed me a different side to Orange Cassidy that I did not know existed. The boy became a man, as I keep saying. He stopped the kitty shit. He grew up for belt for that moment and got the win. So now on Wednesday, if he walks out and does the thumbs up thing, I'm not even going to be mad because he showed me. It, this is what I wanted. This is a serious match against a, the best in the world you're he is your top guy i know elvis likes to compare orange Cassidy to hulk hogan but if you want to get technical jericho is their hogan he was the guy that when he signed the contract to join aew everybody was like holy crap this shit is real it's not just it's not just an elite circle jerk jericho's in this that means they really want to do something then they put the belt on jericho and it all out the year before i think it was and they were like holy shit they really want to do something this is a real established legend future hall of famer orange Cassidy you gotta be different against the Hall of Famer and he was. Fucking, you can't see because it's an audio show, but my hat's off to Orange freaking Cassidy. Fuck! Now I'm loving this guy.
3: I have uh, some new nicknames for uh, Orange Cassidy. Obviously, his name is uh, or, um, Freshly Squeezed. Yes. Uh, I'm going to call him the, um, the Demo God Killer. Yes. He the Les Champion Killer. <laughs> and that's all I have, but that's good enough. The Demo God Killer. Yes, Demo God Killer. I love it. But the thing is, like, I thought it was pretty good. Superman Punch right into that little vat. I'm glad that one didn't go bad. Um, we've had so many bad spots from falling off things. Exactly. That my my expectation is like, oh, fuck. He's going he's gonna to hit his head, isn't he? Nope. He just laid there, <laughs> and we're like, drink it in, man. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Yes!
2: I took a picture, shared it on Facebook, because I think Elvis said it. And then we both just, we all just fell on the floor laughing, because it was great. Especially when he was laying there, it was like, it was like drink it in, man. <laughs> yeah. It was fucking great.
3: Yeah. It was a great match. You gotta love that about uh, Jericho, too, man. The fact that um, now he's got two blemishes on his on his uh, wrestling um, rankings now because of Orange Cassidy. So, he put him over, and I think, I'm not sure if you were there for it. I think I'm not sure if you are downstairs, but Jericho put a, a great promo before the man. Um, yes, I, I caught the last bit of it. seemed like how he's a bonnet, like, you know, that uh, he's a true superstar and he makes people and it shows that what he's been doing, he's been listening and he's becoming a true star, but he's a star killer and all this stuff, whatever, so... The promo was really good before it, though, but, man, hats off to Jericho, man, because he really took the time to kind of walk Orange Cassidy through this whole feud the right way. And uh, it's something that was supposed to be a joke at first. At the end of this whole feud made Orange Cassidy so much more of a bigger deal. Don't get me wrong. Orange Cassidy was a big deal before, but he had his doubters out there, and especially in yourself, too. I saw you evolve the past couple weeks from when the first started to where we're at right now. I think your eyes are kind of clear on what, you know, Orange Cassidy truly is. Yeah, he showed me something. Like,
2: because like when I said, like, I had never heard him talk, because apparently I hadn't watched enough episodes of Being the Elite at that point. So I hadn't heard him talk at all. Then I feel like there's a debate. I'm watching the debate, and I'm like, he's quiet, he's quiet. I'm like, yeah, I expected this crap. Then he finally started talking. Then he did that articulate global warming thing, mm-hmm. and everybody kind of went, what the fuck? And I'm kind of like, okay. Then he finally, then towards the end, when he finally got, then so he did the global warming thing, which is great, but then he fucking got serious about how important this match was to him. And he said, I need to beat you, Jericho. And that got me excited for that second match. So I'm excited already. Okay, this motherfucker can talk when he wants to. I'm liking this. I expected a fight. But then they win the second match. And they didn't deliver that. He did. He still did the pockets off the top rope. He botched his finish. He did so many other made so many stupid mistakes in that match. It was disappointment. But then he got in here, and I and again we gotta assume they're listening to us, cause I i got I'm gonna I'm gonna take the credit unless he tells me that I'm wrong. I think I lit a fire under Orange Cassidy. I think I'm the one who fucking did it, cause it wasn't happening anywhere else. But I think I told him, show me something, and he did. I love it, Orange Cassidy. I am a fan now. I want to see more of that. Now yeah. I know. I want to see more I of that. See more. Is. I want to see more, more of that. That's great shit. That's so, great shit. Now I know I'm not gonna see it all the time, and at this point I'm okay with that. But if at any point in the future, if you're in a feud that's as emotional as the one you had with Jericho, if you're in a serious feud, that's the one, Cassie. I want to see. If you're in a match that's just there to be fun, then you can be the sloth. And I'll accept it, but you, because you showed me you can be serious when you want to be. So when it, the next time you need to be serious, be it. Until then, I I like what I see. All right, well you that did. sounds
3: fun. So I'm glad we cleared a perspective for uh, Old Orange Cassie. and uh, this brings us to the main events: the AEW World Championship match between John Moxley versus MJF, and obviously, folks. We've seen the promos. We've seen this kind of battle week to week. MJF has a whole new side to him. A match that, oh honestly, I thought wasn't gonna have a different victor, and uh, I'm glad that I could be actually um, have my, have myself swerved when it comes to this match because this match, despite the, the the ending on it, was pretty fucking amazing.
2: Yeah, I mean, we had a band paradigm shift, and these guys these guys wrestled. Like, there was a lot of arm bars and submissions, and it was a very technical match, which I, sometimes, it's weird. MJF has, like, an 8-0 record, or, or 8-1 now, as yeah. it is. But going into this match, he doesn't wrestle as much, so sometimes you forget how good he really is. He's prolific. Like, he's, he's great. He's great. It's amazing. Moxley, you already know, because he's, he's doing a lot more in-ring work, because his record is double that. It's, like, 17-0 now. Right. It was 16-0 going into this match. But it these guys, like, delivered this is a main event and it, it gave us everything we wanted and of course you know you know d- try to deliver the he hit the of course the double crossroads as he likes to call it right because he's been calling it that ever since he turned on cody he still likes to do the crossroads from time to time and
3: i remember that one like um when he came off the mat and he fucked up his arm or whatever they were selling that arm like it was a death you know um I mean, MJF was busted open during a match, and it was so much... It wasn't as much shenanigans as I thought it was going to be, you know, with uh, Warlow being right there. Um, we didn't really see the shenanigans towards the end of the match, so it was pretty cool, the fact that um, they let the main event be the main event, because Warlow could have been a lot more devastating. He could have been a lot more um, involved in this match, and the fact that we didn't have that kind of speaks volumes for the respect they have for the main events. Now, obviously, the only reason we had um, the shenanigans at the end is because that's probably something that MJF called for, to get that ring to try to bust open um, John Moxley but at the same time Mo, uh, Warlow was distracting the referee which allowed John Moxley to hit dirty deeds done dirt cheap <laughs> <laughs> he didn't hit he the paradigm shift he had like the dirty deeds done dirt cheap <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, if they review it and tries to get a lawyer involved and say, like, you, you hit it, you shouldn't be champion if they had some con- continuation, I hope he says it. I hope he says, those are Dirty Deeds, done, dirt, cheap I mean, I he he's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about, man.
2: Yeah, exactly, because he hits it, gets the one, two, three, Moxley defeats MJF. No, wait, I got a question. What? I
3: think it was, because I don't think he elevated him. He dropped him.
2: No, I, I saw a little bit of an elevation. In oh, the you replay. did? He, it, was, it was the paradigm shift. Okay. It was the paradigm shift. Because,
3: again, we have to reiterate, uh, Dirty Deeds was not elevated. it. Just- just like it was a double arm DDT to where the paradigm shift lifts you up and drops you. So it's a small variation, but unless it's a variation of a simple, not really, I guess it's a pretty simple wrestling move. Yeah. Like, you know, like Matt Jackson says in being elite, the first day, a wrist lock, a leapfrog and a destroyer. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah. That's it, it, like day one. Everybody day knows one, that. Everybody knows that. You everybody know? knows that. And I'm looking at it like in what fucking wrestling school is that the first thing you learn? Norman
3: Smiley's wrestling school. Yeah.
2: Drop down leapfrog destroyer. You're like you, you you didn't take that course. No, I didn't take that course. It don't fucking exist. It's fucking hilarious. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. But yeah. So Moxley wins this match, and this is the thing. Like, at first, I'm kind of. My first reaction was I was kind of pissed because I felt that this was MJF's time with everything they've been building towards. And like we said before, they've done so much with MJF leading up to this point. It would almost like destroy that all, destroy all that if he didn't walk out with the title. But my thing is when I saw Lance Archer. Win Win the Battle Royal to get a shot. There was a part of me thinking, wait a minute. If MJF wins this, are they going to put him in a match with Lance Archer? And... It, Lance Archer like I said he only has one loss and that's to Cody so would, would would that make sense I mean technically MJF has beaten Cody so that wouldn't make sense for someone else who beat Cody to beat a guy who also lost to Cody who, also beat Cody who lost to Cody so it would be credibility there Wardlow could also maybe play a role in helping MJF win that so maybe that would work but maybe they want another babyface heel style match and probably put Moxley with Lance Archer but could Lance Ar- is it that they want to make Lance Archer the champion and give him more credibility by taking off of Moxley though so I, I don't know how this works
3: I, I, I just think that Lance Archer does not have enough pull to get this done um, you know he's been kind of like just throwing people through ceiling fans and ceiling tiles in the back for quite some time um, I think the storyline before and I, I think I've said it so many times on this podcast before that he has a shelf life unless he did something different now they did something different by having win the Battle Royal which is Great, I guess, for him, but I don't see him taking off Moxley. I don't see anybody <laughs> taking off Moxley for quite some time um, because they don't have a narrative. Who else is going to hold that title? I don't see Lance Archer being a champion and uh, carrying a company. Because, like, well, I'm not going to be excited to see Archer's champion. I'm sorry, but yeah i i could probably vouch for him for maybe for the tnt championship for the time being because that's more his style that's more i guess in my mind that's more his level i don't think that Archer i think he's just going to be a person who gets stomped down i'm sorry but he's gonna get stomped down i think mgf's gonna have a program with warlow because of the distraction it costs him the championship so that's something that they could kind of go that route uh but i don't see archer being the person taking that title away from moxley moxley is still gonna have it so unless we have somebody um credible at the moment at the current moment there's not really anybody else that could really face against moxley that's really that could wreck house
2: yeah because that's gonna be my that's always the question i have when we reach a certain point in a person's title reign if not this guy then who who else like i'm looking at the roster now and i'm thinking who else would we want to see defeat john moxley who else could beat moxley for that title
3: i mean the thing is like for me you have a lot of crop of w people who are champions moxley uh you have Brody lee uh tag team champions ftr so there's not any homegrown talents that's you know a w but i guess none of them are really a w talent really because they're all from the indies but you have like former WWE guys who have all the belts right now i'm not saying there's anything else it's giving credibility to the title belts but there's nobody on this roster i could see so let's let's look at it this way john moxley let's say that let's say the first five people we can think about for the contenders you have mjf who just lost lance archer who's gonna be up up and coming cody he's out indefinitely as of right now luke cage had a chance already he squandered it um so yeah scorpio sky Frankie kazarian you know uh you know I mean- Chris- Scorpio
2: lost to Jericho, but he put on a really good match, and he's never faced Moxley. So I mean, so that's a
3: possible match right there. there, You have right there. Um, But at the same time, other than that, though, you don't really have a lot going on. Um, And then you come to the TNT Championship. So you have—I want to say—John is a face, but he's not. But to my eyes, I guess he's more more face than heel. He's got that anti-hero thing, but yeah. More face that's he's got that stone closely Austin thing going on, you know, yeah. anti hero. Uh, Brody Lee, obviously a, a heel full So, when you got that, I mean, Scorpio Sky would be fun to kind of mix with that, though. Same thing with SCU, any member of SCU would be fun to watch on there. Um, you know, uh, Darby Allen would be a good candidate to go against Mr. Brody Lee. Um, but at the same time, is, is he gonna win? No, but I think it'll be an interesting mix when it comes yeah. to it. Ricky Starks, that's with Cage. I think it'd be pretty fun to go against Mr. Brody Lee. Um, you know, even when it comes to the tag team rankings. When it comes to Lucha Express, Lucha Express they had they put in a good performance. But there's not really as much as heavy they are into the tag team division. FTR, I don't see who's gonna dethrone them either. So you have all these people as set guys, but there's no one's gonna take this title off these people. So i wonder to see how they're gonna swift, um, switch and change these titles around unless you build somebody else that's credible for the next couple weeks. Yeah. And you just can't build them up on dynamite or on dark. You can't just do that.
2: Yeah. No one. I'm gonna tell you, I'm. I'm gonna say something harsh. No one gives a shit about dark. I don't know a lot of people that do. I don't follow it. I don't, Elvis might watch it from time to time. I don't.
3: No, I don't. I watch it every once in a while, like, like you know, by accident. But at the same time, you can't get a whole bunch of substantial wins. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's great you're wrestling on Tuesday for the people who watch it. But for us people who watch on on Wednesdays, it's like, okay, you guys moved up the ranks by fighting a whole bunch of jobbers on Tuesday nights. And now you want to fight against the people who've been here week after week. So, I don't know, man. Like, there's now they're the point where do we go from here exactly. so i mean like we're wrong we're, we're, we're gonna have a lot of answers come wednesday because right now this pay-per-view just happened and now we're all scratching our heads what's next and you know we just gotta be patient for the next three or four days or you know when you yeah. listen to the podcast whenever wednesday well, is for you guys
2: yeah we'll, well and obviously once we get we find out what happens on wednesday
3: we'll have we'll have it we'll know more to say next week obviously when we have contenders we have people coming out talking trash surprise attacks you know um we rankings know. so we have so a lot f- of different things
2: yeah so far we know moxley's going to speak He's gonna have because they said that uh, they announced it on the pay per view that the winner of this match would get Mike promo time on this Wednesday. So we know Moxley's gonna be addressing the AEW fans,
3: and which which means Lance Archer's gonna come out because he won the Casino Battle Royal. So exactly. we know that uh, Brody Lee's gonna come out there. I wonder who's gonna challenge for that. Well, we know it's him and Dustin on Wednesday. Okay, there you go. So yeah, we, we have... Know that's them for the TNT So then obviously then we have Sheeta, but where does, does Sheeta go from here? Yeah, she um, had this
2: incredible match with Thunder Rosa. According to the rankings, uh, her next opponent is Nyla Rose. Um, I don't, I mean, Big Swole is next, but after the yeah, abomination boy. with her and Britt Baker, I don't see her going in the ring. Abaddon, we already don't, we already petrified of this bitch. Don't even like her. Penelope Ford's too busy getting married because now we gotta find out Kip Sabian's best man. Like, I give a shit. And Britt Baker, that well, she doesn't to be nowhere near the championship after that abomination. So Big Swole don't deserve a title shot. We know she don't. Britt Baker don't. But Nyla's next in line, and unless they want to start putting her and Vicky Guerrero on TV, I don't see a reason to care about that match because she has already beat her. So why would I want to see a rematch? I don't know. They can put the belt back on Nyla. I mean, that I don't
3: makes know. sense. We're, we're kind of we're kind of standstill right now. We, we now we got to wait for a couple weeks to build something up. So I don't know, man. Just this... retrospect. This this pay per view was not so great. No, uh, we had some lot of lot of misses. There were some hits on here. Don't get me wrong. There was. I mean, the FTR um, Hangman and Page one was really great. Um, I liked the main event. That was good. She um, didn't Thunder Rosa. You know, so the, hatch, so the she. Yeah, down. and then you also had um, the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express. So there were some good spots on here, but it was. Was kind of overshadowed by the all the crappiness and unexpected turns we had from the um, Guevara and Matt Hardy and that Britt Baker abomination I mean it was a lot of good and a lot of bad mostly bad and um, you know that's something to sit there and really grab your iPads grab a pen and paper whatever however you guys write things down and get back to the drawing board and then um, you guys say you listen to your fans you listen to the um, internet wrestling community and uh, you listen to your podcast I guess too so um, you guys have a lot of things to talk about a lot of things to write out a lot of wrongs to write um, you're not gonna refund the money for the pay per view, and that's fine. But at the same time, it's time for you guys to pony up and do some right things because uh, this pay per view is garbage. Um, yeah. It truly was. And uh, for those who watched it at home and had to endure that, um, all the stuff we had continuation for storylines is not gonna make up for the amount of money you pay for the pay per view. So uh, sorry, Tony. I love your product, but at the same time, this was a bust. You know, you've heard it from Twitter, Instagram. I think people from MySpace went back in time and said this sucked. Um, it just. It <laughs> just it was um it sucked out loud so um hope you guys can fix this again i'm a correspondent i'm happy to be a correspondent but at the same time um this is a bad representation on my brand and um it's gonna take me a while to get that stink off so hopefully Wednesday you guys could pull something off get us reinvested um in our heroes in our faces in our heels um and uh, make us believing in it because this pay-per-view was uh pretty bad so hopefully yeah. you guys can share something special and make sure it's safe you know don't don't do something crazy where it puts people's i'm not saying you particularly but if someone wants to sit there and do a stupid spot you know let's let's think twice three times four times before we do it uh, make them do it a couple of times maybe get some mattresses air mattresses named mitch and just make sure they're safe and <laughs> Uh, you know, let, let's be safe about it. I don't give a fuck if I see an inflatable bed. If it says if I see an inflatable bed underneath that table now, I'd be okay with it. I'm like, let's do let's be super safe. Oh, they're going through that table. It's still gonna hurt, but there's an inflatable bed underneath it. Like, whatever the fuck you gotta do to make it safe.
2: Oh, and in fact, you know what would be even cooler if they put like a BTE logo on the mattress. For exactly. It. Use it for sponsorship. Yeah, that's what I would do. If somebody sponsors if you got a sponsor, like, like bleacher reports. Jim- you know? Yeah, Bleacher report, Jimmy John's, whatever the fuck. TNT. You know? TNT. Hey. Put a TNT. Don't forget to watch the
3: playoffs when we're not on TV. (laughs) You know, just do something, you know, just something on those lines, you know. Get over your your social media like Twitch, like super bad. I finally realized what that whole thing was with super bad.
2: Okay, we gotta talk about this. What's happened?
3: So Vince McMahon doesn't want people doing Twitch and all this stuff anymore. He wants to cut away people using their social media if you're under the brand. So if you're using like the Xavier, if you like so if you're watching stuff on WWE, like ups and downs and all this, like up up, down, down with all them, they can't use like the restaurant names, they can only use like so because Cesaro is now Claudio's cafe so whatever they can't use they can't use it for their own gain they want like WWE wants to control every aspect so they don't want him using like Twitch or Instagram unless it's approved by them completely because they want to control the money flow yeah and that was a dig at wwe which i don't like really like digs at wwe but i thought it was pretty brilliant because he just came up with it yeah um so vince wants to control everything when it comes to his mediums because he wants a part of the profit and these guys are getting the self over he's like okay well you can use your name likeness but it's them as people so it's kind of a so you're controlling us at home too type deal you know yeah so it's kind of like you know me you know, us having this podcast and then me working for geico and then geico's like ah. Oh, well, you know what though you have a podcast. Your name's Elvis Dolinsky at Geico, so you can't use the Elvis Dolinsky name when you're doing a wrestling podcast. It's like hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I'm going to do the podcast. Okay, well, my name is Buzz Killington. <laughs> Buzz Killington. Buzz Killington is here to report a you Not to be affiliated with an asshole. Elvis, who works for Geico. <laughs> <laughs> blah, blah, blah,
2: Geico. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah Geico.
3: Blah, blah, blah. Save a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Oh, wait, okay, so um, it. have you come up with a song for Mr. Orange Cassidy yet? Oh.
2: Do I have to do it today? Can I do it next week?
3: <sighs> yeah, I'll give you a week. I mean, you Yeah, can give
2: me-, me a week. I really want to. I want to put. I want to put effort into this. I'll half-ass it if I do. it His now.
3: name is Orange Cassidy. He didn't put his hands in his pockets. He did, but you know he didn't. No, I like it. I don't. I do, but I love it. So you can do it any other way you want. See, I mean, you can use a variation. of all love it. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Whatever you want what to do, do, do with it. So, um, you know. So, ladies and gentlemen, next week we'll have the debut of a singer, Vinnie Bucci, singing the praises of Orange Cassidy. Yes,
2: I will sing the praises of Orange Cassidy next week.
3: And I think we're supposed to do it going forward, is what you said. Well, no, no. Well, I just... it do you want to play the episode back wait 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 wait. let let me stop five minutes silence because we're gonna look up your last week's show and we're gonna play it right now so let's give it three two one
2: well all i know is this regardless of who wins i just really really hope this that cassidy brings that aggressive side to him get i get rid of the get rid of the jacket Get rid of the glasses. Get rid of... Do you, want, the, just
3: to, do you no. want him just to wear underwear and boots? and No, just, just keep the
2: jeans. Keep the jeans. I don't want to see underwear. He's, uh, unless, you got, unless you're muscular, you should not be wearing tights, in my opinion.
3: Um, you, you gotta sell your merch, though, man. You gotta sell that merch. You gotta sell that jackets because they have jackets like that they're selling out there. Well, walk you, you to get, the you,
2: ring with it, but take it off when you get there.
3: Well, obviously, that's what's gonna happen, you know? I well,
2: mean... like I'm saying, like...
3: It's like telling a rock, don't go out there with your, uh you know, just bring a shirts or boots to asses. Hey, don't wear that shirt rock you don't want to wear that nope nope nope. When he
2: walks to the ring he's in his tights though he, he wears the shirt to cut the promo oh,
3: okay so well, i'm saying
2: that, that's a, that, was a, that was a bad example my point thank is you, thank you the point is go out there don't put the hands in the pocket none of that Just no fight. put
3: your hands in your pocket fight dude do Don't the, listen to Vinny. Listen to me. No, listen, do it.
2: Orange cat. This is the time mm. where you gotta. You've been showing this aggressive side for weeks. You gotta show that you're serious. This is the one time you gotta put the gimmick to the side. I'm not saying give it up forever, but put it to the side. Be serious. Fight this motherfucker. And then after you win, have the best friends come out. Have them give you your sunglasses. Then you can put it on. Do the thumbs up and walk out. Cause by then it'll work because you were serious throughout. You can't fuck around with this. Match. I don't this think is- he's
3: going to. I think he knows the stipulation when it comes to this. I mean, it's been going on for quite some time, and I don't think he's gonna sit there and just half-assed it like a regular TV show on Thursday. Well, yeah. I think he's been showing on on. I'm sorry, Wednesday nights or Saturday nights or whatever nights. uh <laughs> you know, uh, Dynamite wants to do it. Though. But I think he's been showing a lot of the past couple of weeks. So, I think it's been a culmination of a lot of things changing in his in his uh, repertoire and his move sets. And I think he's not gonna sit there and hold back for a pay per view, especially since they're so far in between. So, no, I think he's gonna bring it. So, everything yeah. you're saying is justified. But um, I th- I think you just sit back. And enjoyed his match. Oh, I'm, gonna,
2: I, I'm definitely gonna sit back. I'm just saying that he's I wanna see it because I know because this, this is what bothers me. I know he can do it. Mm-hmm. And for the last couple of weeks, like every time he's had a match, he's choosing not to, and that makes me angrier. Ah. I'd be less pissed if I knew he couldn't do it. But the fact that I know you can he can do it and you're choosing not
3: to makes me angry. He is literally sweating right yes, now. Yes, it's so crazy. Like it's like, I, is... I saw a beat just come down, he's like, oh <laughs> fucking <laughs> shin kicks, oh fucking thumbs up. Just
2: fucking if you just went out there and just killed him and then when the bell's over then go back to the pockets and the the glasses and the thumbs up once the match is over do it and then you'll fucking it i i'll sing your praises orange cassidy you just gotta show me you gotta show you promise me.
3: you promise you're gonna sing you're gonna sing I his will, praises I guys will ladies sing, and gentlemen it is it praise. is it is september 3rd 2020 he said he will sing so i expect a fucking beautiful ballad for next podcast we do for this.
2: If he delivers the way I need him to. Then oh,
3: I don't want to sit That's there and fight some bullshit. What's your stipulations?
2: I'm saying he's got this is what I'm saying. I'm saying he's got a there's got to be a fight. None of the, none of the glasses, none of the, none of the, no, no sunglasses, no jacket, no hands in the pockets. Like during the match.
3: Like emphasize. During the match. During the match. Okay. Yes.
2: If he walks to the ring and does it, I, I may let it slide. But when that bell rings, no pockets, no bullshit, just fight him.
3: But what happens? Like you know, the bell barely bell rings. He wants to take his gear off, and he gets attacked by Jericho. Does that count? No, that's okay. The okay. 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 Thank you. I, guys, we're gonna hear a beautiful ballad from Ovy <laughs> Bitch. Oh, Orange Cassidy, you didn't fuck it up you didn't put your hands in your pockets no sunglasses today fuck that Take another to match and you didn't drink any mosas tonight <laughs> that's me benny Bucci, in about a week i'll have a song written here's my friend in pockets go ahead i'm sorry <laughs>
2: yes uh, i'm the man in the pockets so anyway um you need to work
3: on your voice and your pitch yes we'll get there
2: i'll work on it uh, i got a week
3: and that's the clip from when you said you're going to sing the praises of Orange Cassidy going forward. So we're going to look it up. I think we just played it. And the fans will, will be happy to hear the praise song to Orange Cassidy week after week. And we'll probably remix it every week. It's going to be pretty good.
2: Wait a minute. I, I said I would sing the praise. I didn't say I would do it. I said I would do it every week.
3: I think you did. I think I said it and you agreed to it.
2: Fuck. I, I can't write a song. I got
3: to write a song every week now? Oh, no! that's going to be different. It could be the same song.
2: Okay. Oh, yeah. I'll say, oh then I'll do that. Okay. I can sing a song every week. I'll do that. That's different. Okay. Okay.
3: Will you, song, will you do a song and dance too? Is that pretty cool? The Orange Cassidy dance?
2: Um, I guess we'll put it on YouTube. We'll, use, okay. we'll save it for the YouTube channel when we start. All doing.
3: right. All right. Well, um, that was. It
2: would uh, make, make sense for me to do the dance right now. They can't see me.
3: Well, I mean, who knows if you're not dancing right now. Uh, anyways, but um. yeah, that was the pay per view. Um. Oh, boy. It was uh, some parts good, some parts bad, but um, I wish I could wash this one off my eyes. I wish yeah. I could uh, erase it from my brain and just keep the good parts and delete the bad parts, but um, it's something I'm going to have to live with for the rest of my life. Yeah. That Britt Baker was garbage. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> <All> <laughs> oh, right. my
2: God. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude our recap of AEW All Out. Elvis, as always, I appreciate you, man, for taking time out of your busy schedule to come here and join us. I look forward to having you back on next week to talk more AEW, and hopefully at some point down the road, we can bring back... The Boochcast goes to the movies. I know we. Uh, I know last time we talked about The Big Lebowski. Hopefully at some point we can bring that back. I don't know when, but I look forward to it. And of course, you guys can follow The Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you check out the Male Soap Opera Moment. Hear our recap of WWE SummerSlam. And, of course, check out the new episode coming soon with our predictions for WWE Payback. Coming to The BoochCast Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TheBoochCast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of of our YouTube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash cast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 25th for WWE Survivor Series. Uh, we are still trying to work out all the kinks involved because unfortunately, I personally will not be able to attend the Survivor Series watch party because I will be with Buff Bagwell in Winston-Salem, North Carolina for Wrestlecade. That's right so we'll be at Wrestlecade so you can hang out with me and Buff and meet us at Wrestlecade on November 24th and 25th in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. But I am trying to get the team together to see if they'll do a watch party so you guys can hang out with them on the Twitch channel. Also, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Bootcast booking battle and another special project in in the works. And of course, you guys can support the booch cast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash podslash show slash the slash support. Become a supporter of the booch cast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is 99 cents, one dollar per month. We have our second level, which is 499, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. $10 per month. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WB Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold it the Peacock, you got to know where to put that $9.99. So to that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than Network, and unlike Endeavor, we actually care about our fans, our dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option to pay with your credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use to upgrade our equipment, we use to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air that make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believe those are to be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the bootcast slash support is helpful. How you make that happen and then if there's any money left over when it's all said and done we use the rest to feed zachariah scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid and until next time this is Vinny Bucci, aka the booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been the booch cast we'll talk to you guys next time until then pizza baby and
3: this is elvis and i am truly disappointed <sighs> dumpster fire fucking dumpster fire